Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome in once again on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morneau on the road. We are in the press box at Mandarin High School because our game of the week on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and the Friday Night Blitz on CBS 47 and Fox 30 is the Nice Panthers against the Mandarin Mustangs in this really good District 8A in the state of Florida. So we'll talk all about that coming up in uh, just a little bit. But we also have plenty of NFL news, college football, celebrity six-pack. Brett Myers will join us a little bit later. And speaking of celebrities, well, he's back in the Action Sports Jack studios, and that is Austin Lane, who uh, we just don't spend a lot of time together anymore, Austin. No, man, it's all good. You know, I'm not hating on it. Uh, it is what it is. You're you're out gallivanting the countryside, and I'm here at home uh, trying to take care of everything. So I'm not saying I'm bitter, not saying I'm jealous. I just want to put out a, a very good show today. Yeah, uh, please do. And by the way, at least you're not sweating like I am. Um, this is not a complaint, but uh, it is hot right now in here. I, I mean, it was nice this morning outside. Yeah. This is the hottest I've been yet. You know, you lug the equipment around, you get up here in the press box. They say they've got a little AC here. Uh, I might want to check that because it's pretty hot right now uh, here at Mandarin High School. Uh, yeah, anytime I can be in the AC as much as I sweat and everything, I'm not complaining whatsoever. So respectfully, I'd probably rather be in the studio right now than hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, the thing about it, too, is that we're deep into the month of September, and these high school kids are playing in the heat still. Yeah. And early start, too. It's a 6 o'clock start time, so we will uh, have the show up until about 5.45, and then we'll hit our Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show, and Kevin Sullivan and I will call this broadcast and, and on all the social media platforms as well. So early start, and some of the schools, like Nice is coming from St. John. I don't even think they can bus over here until 4.30. So they have to warm up fast, speed everything up, and uh, the 6 o'clock starts are not for everyone. <laughs> no, absolutely not, man. Uh, traditionally, when I was playing, you know, it was like the, I think it was like the 7.30, 8 o'clock start time when the sun goes down, and that's, uh, that's definitely the way you want to do it, and especially being in the Midwest where it's a little cooler. Too. Like, see, to me, with all due respect to, you know, the, the city of Jacksonville, like, this doesn't seem like temperatures for football yet. You know, like, no, once know the it. leaves start changing color, once the temps start getting cooler, uh that's that you know that's like the ideal temperatures for football but uh but i get it man and more power to those kids because i can imagine well i guess i did play football here for a little bit but uh i still can't believe i ever did that and there's no <laughs> such right. thing as a friday night lights when the sun's still shining man friday well, night but, brights am i right yeah well the sun goes down a little bit earlier now and these games take longer and longer so they'll be they'll play under the lights tonight no yeah. doubt about it uh through probably from 7 30 on uh, so you get a little bit of both. Uh, and Duval County did the best they could with uh, the whole situation, trying to keep everybody safe. And this is what they came up with. We'll see if they oh, tweak it at all. Uh, sure. Hey, here's the deal, man. Uh, the, the news of the last two weeks just won't stop. And we kind of expected to get a little bit of news on Jalen Ramsey today. I think I did not expect him to go on the podcast again yesterday and uh, at least give one more you know, stoked to the fire that is the Jalen Ramsey and the young and the Ramsey, as we're calling it in the soap opera, uh, that is 20 land and, and the Jaguars. But uh, first things first, and the most important news of the day is when the Jaguars injury report came out, it listed Jalen Ramsey as questionable for the football game. Well, I think that's a pretty good sign, Austin, that he's questionable. Uh, I don't know how much this has to do with injuries or the birth of his 
second child that did happen. He had uh, another baby girl. And so that part is over. I don't know if the questionable has to do with will he get to Denver, will he be back with the team, or is it because of all the injuries that he reported during the week? So first of all, I can't believe that we're not doing the show in Nashville today because, you know, I mean, people uh, didn't believe that Joe Nams was actually having a baby. So I felt like we should have been there, Brent, to at least, you know, maybe get some behind-the-scenes footage just so we could prove that Jalen Ramsey indeed did have a baby. This wasn't some intricate facade where he planned to do this whole thing because maybe he wants to get traded or he planned on sitting out this game. Uh, you know, I haven't seen a picture yet, you know, so it's not really official, I guess. I mean, yeah, of course, Doug Marone said something, but I guess maybe until Jalen Ramsey goes on Twitter and posts something, uh, there could still be, you know, some skeptics out there but uh nevertheless um you know i think it's more of just the fact where he's going to be in nashville with his child more than is the injuries right because he he reported these injuries supposedly after the thursday night game and i I get it you know like a back injury it's hard to say exactly how severe that kind of injury is right because there's really yeah you could take x-rays you do mri but it kind of goes off the player's feel. So knowing that and then knowing kind of what Nate Burleson said, um, where he's, I think he tweeted out where saying that Jalen Ramsey is is expected to play, uh, I would say the signs are positive that Jalen Ramsey makes that trip to Denver. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Uh, His his newfound buddy in the media appears to be uh, Nate Burleson, and that's not a bad one to have. I really like Nate. Um, And so he's been doing this podcast, and I think Burleson, since he's talked to Ramsey the last couple weeks, I think Burleson said, hey, he expects him to play and have an interception on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. So I think that kind of was like, well, maybe he he will go. Uh, As for the actual quote from Doug Marone, what he had to say uh, today after practice, and he speaks very briefly, and this was real brief. This was a four-question quick news conference, and really all of it other than one question was about Jalen Ramsey, so three out of the four questions. He basically just opening statement was, first of all, congratulations, but if they are planning to play with or without Ramsey, he said he's listed as questionable, personal with the baby being born, and with his low back injury, so questionable probably puts it right where it is, and I don't know which one will weigh more heavily on him being available to play on Sunday, but either way, he's got two different things to uh, to worry about and work on if you're the Jaguars and whether you're going to have Jalen Ramsey, because obviously you want Jalen Ramsey out there mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons, Austin. One, he's so darn good, you want him out there, it gives you a better chance to win the football game. And two, I think, selfishly from the Jags' point of view, it's like, hey, we don't know what the future is with Jalen Ramsey, but we might as well get every ounce of that guy we could possibly get right now. Wouldn't you believe the Jags are thinking that way? Obviously, especially, you know, if, if I'm a GM, if I'm a head coach and my job is still on the line, you know, I mean, I, I get it. We, we got Gardner Minshew Mania going on right now. That doesn't secure my job. What secures my job is winning ball games. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, regardless of Jalen's having babies, if he's sick, um, <laughs> if he's, you know, if he's, if he's, if his back is sore, whatever the case may be, there is no denying how much you want to hate on it that Jalen Ramsey, when he's on the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars, makes that team better, uh, period case shot end of story yeah absolutely he does do that and uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch man I, i'm excited to see what happens in this next part of it i, I again i kind of i think nate brolson's on to something number one so that gives me a little bit more confidence to say it but i do think if you if you unveil everything else about what has gone on these last couple of weeks with jalen ramsey and i think you just get it down to this guy loves to play football 
You know, uh, organizations like to get, find guys that love to play football. I think it's part of the reason they picked Gardner Minshew, man. Uh, it's a six-round guy. You can go in a lot of different directions. You don't necessarily need to go in a backup QB. You can, but that guy, you can tell, loves to play the game of football. And that came across in the interview and the combine, his smarts, all these other things. It's not the only reason, but I think it kind of separates you. It puts it over the top. Some guys you can just tell. Right? I mean, guys that have walked through these, these doors in Jacksonville, guys that you played with in your four or five year career, mm-hmm. couldn't you just tell, like, you could tell Paul Puzlozny didn't really want to do much of anything else other than play football. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying Jalen's like that because I think he does like the business side of it and he does like the brand side of it. But I do think you sense that he really loves to play the game of football. That is his time, man, on Sunday afternoon. And he, he relishes it. And I don't think anything else you can say about the guy. You want to be on this side or that side, the Coughlin side, the Ramsey side, the was he sick, the wasn't he sick, the whatever else. You can't really take that away from the guy. You can tell he's a passionate football player, and that speaks volumes on the football field. So if you strip everything out of this and really cut it down to the bone on whether he will play or not on Sunday, I think oftentimes, Austin, that wins the day. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's a very passionate football player. He loves the game, and he also approaches it with his work ethic, right? And that's something that we don't really talk about a lot, you know? And in the the world of the entitled, selfish athlete, Nobody ever brings up how hard Jalen Ramsey works to, to to maintain you know his high caliber play. Now, yes, maybe you know he was a freak athlete in high school, maybe one of those front runners even out of college, you know, the first round pick. But it's almost harder sometimes, Brent, where to, to be the underdog, maybe to be that small school guy to come in and have that work ethic. But it's it maybe even harder to be that front runner your whole life and to stay hungry, uh, to stay active, to keep maintaining have that little bit of dog in you that you don't want to be outworked you don't want to you know be passed up by somebody else so you know it just it, it shows just his work ethic and how he approaches the game uh, not only on the field but off the field I love that you just said that, man. I love you brought that up because actually I'm driving home from Jaguars All Access last night. And I'm, uh, Kaylee came with me. She wanted to go to All Access and see Calais Campbell and Josh Allen. So uh, she came. And on the way home, I was talking to her about exactly that, just how much God-given ability these guys have. But at the same time, how much you have to work, even though you're, you have all that talent, to, to maximize it. And uh, we were just having the conversation. And I think you're exactly right. I don't think we give everybody, by the way, not all athletes, uh, but especially the elite athletes, the enough credit for how hard they work to get there and, and how hard they work to stay there and on top of that mountain. And I think it's a little bit of why we see Jalen Ramsey kind of – he almost has to feed his own beast. You know what I mean? Yeah. He almost has to say – we talked about this earlier in the week. Like he is not afraid to put the target on him. He plays in a, in a position where he is the target all the time. He's out there on that island. He, he gets either praised or ridiculed every play, depending if he gives up a pass or if he makes a play. And he embraces that. But to the same point, that's why he does the GQ article. You know, that's why he might say stuff in the media. That's why he's not afraid to ask for this trade request, because he does not mind the target at all. And some guys do. Some guys don't like that part of it. Uh, and I think Ramsey kind of uh, relishes it. I think it keeps the chip on the shoulder, the motivation going. Whatever drives him, I think it actually helps him. You're absolutely right. And we got to remember, even the landscape of back when I played to now, Brent, how it's a little bit different. You know, I think 
back when I played, it was the end thing to do was to post that you're training. You know, like during the off season, yeah. you post yourself in the squat racks. You're posting your, you know, your, your your new max, whatever, on the bench press. And like that's what what guys did, you know. And like that's kind of like where that one tweet came from, where I was supposed to be on the NFL Live, but Sarah Welsh kind of did me dirty. But that's okay. That's uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've already been over that. We've, we've yeah. cracked that oyster, and we don't need to revisit that thing again. Yeah, that doesn't bother you at all. You don't hold Not grudges or anything. Not at all, man. No. And, yeah, you talk about branding. Uh, yeah, I really missed my opportunity there. But no, like th- that was the thing, right? It was to like come across as yeah, even in the off season, you know, I'm working hard, I'm staying at it, uh, I'm a team first guy. Well, people started to make fun of that. You know, people were like, yeah, we get it, you're training, like of course you're a professional athlete, why wouldn't you be training? And all of a sudden, it kind of seems like now where maybe guys are taking more pictures of like vacation or like popping bottles in the club or like a new car that they purchased. And sometimes I think the general public forgets that. Hey, these guys are still working. Just because they're not posting maybe every single day of them in the weight room or them, you know, going through their playbook, doesn't mean they're not taking this game very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so Jalen Ramsey, we'll see if he plays. He's listed as questionable. Uh, the one more thought uh, coming up a little bit later on the show about the podcast comments. Did he open up the can of worms again, or is it just the same old stuff? We'll get to. But I got a different topic to get to when we come back, Austin. Are the Jaguars the most entertaining football team in the NFL right now? Think about that. I'm, I'm going I'm to think about that a little bit. I'm going to marinate on that one for the break, and uh, yeah. I'll have an answer when we come back. Everybody else can, too, and you can always jump in on social media platforms, on Ramsey, on the Jags, on are they the most entertaining team in the NFL, on the field, off the field, combined. You know, this it's bigger than just, hey, do we score 40 points a game? Yeah, the answer would be Kansas City. That's not what I'm <laughs> talking about here. So jump on in, star, star, 690-904-362-9901. Join the conversation here on a Friday. We'll have some fun. Our high school game of the week is Nisit Mandarin. That's coming up at 6 o'clock, but more of this show right after this on ESPN 690. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and on your smart speaker. Hey, welcome back here to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hope you're having a good week, everybody, and heading to the weekend in style. And, um... Maybe enjoy some football all weekend long. A little bit of a cupcake game for the Florida Gators, you would think. Although Towson's got a good football team. Watch out for that game. Not to be like an upset, but maybe a little tighter than a lot of people think in some 30-something point spread. I think it could be. We'll get to some of our picks a little bit later on. That will not be one. <laughs> not picking the 35-point uh, spread. But uh, UCF, see how much they bounce back. They're like a 43-point favorite against UConn, and I wouldn't want to be UConn this week. Do have a couple of good games uh, in college football. Still not anything to kind of get you all sorts of juiced up, but uh, not like last week's Notre Dame-Georgia game. But uh, it, we'll, we'll talk a little college football, Florida, Florida State, where all the locals fit and what else is happening, plus our pick segment coming up. I want to get into a broader look at the NFL as well uh, going into week number four because I think we're about to figure out, okay, who are some of these football teams, Austin? Like, are they any good? Did they play a soft schedule at the beginning? Yeah. It's hard to tell right now because we have a lot of haves and have-nots in the in, in the NFL, which is not usually the case, right? Every single week you, you're like, well, that team could beat that team. You know, maybe it's a touchdown game. Once in a while you'll see an eight-point spread, a nine-point spread. Well, now all of a sudden we're getting 22-point spreads and 23-point spreads and 15-and-a-half-point spreads even on the road because of teams like the Dolphins and the Redskins. Uh, so 
where and the Jets, I guess, yeah. you know, where are these teams going into week four? I think it's fascinating. Think about the New England Buffalo game, Austin. Those teams are three and oh. They have played teams that are a combined one and seventeen. And the only <laughs> reason that is is the Giants beat the Bucks because the Bucks missed a chip shot field goal. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is kind of because, you know, they say usually going into like week three, week four, you kind of know what you have as a team, right? You know, if you're a division contender, you know, if you're kind of a pretender. I mean, for instance, last night, you know, if if you would have gave me the odds last night on Green Bay winning, I would have. I would put a mortgage down on it, you know? I yeah, would put yeah. my son's college tuition down on that because Green Bay at home with the way Philly was injured, I thought there's no way they're going to come to Aaron Rodgers' house and win that game, but guess what? They did, and all of a sudden we saw a Green Bay defense last night that got exposed a little bit. Uh, you know, a defense with the Green Bay Packers for the first couple weeks was being lauded as one of the best defenses in the NFL. So it's crazy how it can change week to week, you know, depending on the talent. Uh, when you have an example like the New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, two solid defenses so far we've been talking about right well had they really played a legit offense yet you know and um we'll see with buffalo you know i mean is is, are the bills for real this year are they kind of pretenders as well so that's going to be a good measuring stick for them especially playing in buffalo where you know it's always a hard place to play so it's funny we always say like week three week four you know what you got as a football team but now the way the nfl is set up this year where it's you know it's top heavy and then the bottom of it is just it's a dumpster fire, to say the least, I guess. Uh, it's hard to gauge exactly where your team's at right now. Yeah, and we have a lot of big injuries to quarterbacks, right? Nick Foles and obviously uh, Sam Darnold out with the uh, with, with Mono. And then you got Drew Brees and you have Cam Newton. And, I mean, the list is, is going on and on. So there's a lot of big talent out there, not necessarily for the entire season. So I think that's something else. All right, we'll get to the NFL, though. I do want to talk about I want to talk about the crazy play call in a Green Bay. I'm telling you, sometimes bravado doesn't win the day in the NFL, and you can get pass-happy and crazy, and just because you have Aaron Rodgers, you get a little nuts, and I think Green Bay did it yesterday, so we'll talk about it. But I want to stay on the Jags. Are the Jags, I mean, we just mentioned a lot of NFL teams, man. Uh, are the Jags the most entertaining football team right now in the NFL, if you consider everything. I mean, they're only one and two. They don't play this unbelievable style of brand of, of football, though on Thursday night football they look pretty good and pretty entertaining uh, with Minshew doing his thing and everybody talking about him, with Ramsey being the topic of conversation on all shows across the country for two straight weeks now, for this defense in Saxonville finally returning and that talented defensive front and more talented players on that side of the ball. DJ Chark, you know, he's up there in terms of receiving yards. I think you can make the case that the Jaguars might be the most entertaining football team in the National Football League. So when you say entertaining, though, you're saying it kind of on a whole, right? Like as far as maybe the drama's concerned, as far as, you know, I guess just like sitting back and having some popcorn like with the Gardner Minshew. Like, I mean, it's kind of the whole thing, right? Like we're not taking really wins and losses into account. It's just that the entertaining team to follow right now. Kind yeah, of, absolutely. Kind of like the like, team. Hey, listen, put it in this context. Yeah. Like, Washington State's going to be on that hard knocks kind of version of of what they're doing on HBO, right? Yes. Well, they're not the best program. Like, Florida's in that. uh, Alabama is going to be in it, but they're not. uh, I forget who else is in it. But anyway, they're not the best program. But they probably will be the most entertaining watch on that show. Just because of the coach, yeah. Well, because of the coach, because they score a million points, Mm -hmm. because of Pullman, Washington, you know, all those things. I think they'll be fascinating to watch. And, yes, Leach leads away. So, yes, there are other ways to do it. If you wanted to say what's the most entertaining football team, well, you would probably say the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, okay. it's a track meet every single time. Yeah. But that's not what I mean by this. Pop, I, yeah. mean, I mean, if you, had, if you had hard knocks 
embedded, embedded with every single football team in the National Football League, and you had 32 different channels to watch, hard knocks. <laughs> right now, if the Jaguars were on channel, let's just say like 30, because yeah. Fox 30, so okay, you get that? There you go. good tie-in. Nice. Uh, well, let's just say I would probably have it on channel 30, even if I lived in the Midwest, the Northeast, or maybe even out West. I got my popcorn ready here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I, I would come with you on that. I agree with you on that, where, you know, they are kind of the end thing right now with Gardner Minshew leading the way, and obviously Jalen Ramsey being mentioned in the headlines um, as a top story in sports pretty much every single day. So, yeah, I, I definitely would agree with you uh, on that. The question is whether they can sustain it or not, because this whole Gardner Minshew thing, which is fantastic and everything, and I don't mean this as an insult to Gardner Minshew at all, but it kind of reminds me of, like, the Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff from last year, right? Like, all of a sudden... Fitzmagic was born. Jameis goes out. Fitzmagic comes in and just starts putting up these redonkulous numbers. And then all of a sudden we got Fitzmagic rocking his beard, wearing like this Russian tracksuit, rocking the shades and the gold chain. I mean, looked like a, you know, kind of like a Conor <laughs> McGregor cosplay kind of thing. And like that was, that, that was the in thing. You know, like, that was, that was it. Like that was football. That, that was the meme. That was the headline every single day. And people were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick, though? We started to see who Ryan Fitzpatrick really was. And, yeah, he had a couple great games, and all of a sudden he started to falter, throw out interceptions, and then enter Jameis Winston again. You know, and then people forgot all about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, there was for one point where the Buccaneers were kind of the must-see TV, right? Like, they're putting up all the points. Uh, they had the, the, the crazy guy at the helm and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, like, as soon as it came, then it left. And the, the, that's the most important thing going forward here with Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, you have this momentum right now. You, you've only won one game so far, you know, but you have all this momentum. People are keying in to watch you. You just have to sustain. You just have to keep on winning. If you keep winning, not only is it going to solve a lot of stuff, I think, in the locker room with Jalen Ramsey, but it's going to also solve the problem where are people going to keep on tuning in to watch you. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's a fair point. That's a very good example of Tampa Bay because they were kind of like that last year. There are always teams like it. You know, I think the Jags have sat in this position a little bit before, maybe not as the most entertaining because we haven't seen a Mitchum Mania deal. We haven't seen anything like that. That is so unique. And then the Ramsey thing has been about as unique as, as we've found here in Jacksonville, too. So, But if you go back to 2017, NFL Network, ESPN, all these shows were talking about this Jags defense. It was like, whoa, look at Saxonville, you know? Mm-hmm. Duval and Saxonville became a thing. Now, I don't think it was the most watched thing in the NFL. I think it was among the storylines. This one, though, I think you can argue. Look, I'm going to go down teams real quick. R- rapid fire. The Patriots are boring. Forget about them. The Bills, they're kind of a boring 3-0 and team, quite honestly. Uh, you can talk about them, but they're boring. The Dolphins suck. The Jets, no good right now. The Ravens are one team, I think, that you could put in this conversation because of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I think everybody's trying to figure out what they're doing, and Harbaugh's kind of changing his way around. And uh, that's a fascinating one. The Browns could be entertaining because you don't know if this thing will combust. <laughs> I think they're going to be you know? entertaining regardless, right? Because if, if they start doing well, then, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to be his, you know, good old self. And if this team, you know, keeps playing like they're playing right now, I mean, yeah, this, this has this has all the characteristics with Odell Beckham Jr., with Baker Mayfield, with, with a new coach. This could be a pretty combustible team. Yeah, Bengals are boring. The Steelers, man, they're so boring now. They lost Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Now there's nothing to talk about on a soap opera daily basis type blue of thing. Blue collar, yep. James Conner and Smith-Schuster, very blue yeah, collar now. That's yeah. right. The Texans and Colts, eh, whatever, right? Uh, the Titans are always boring. Uh, eat more mayonnaise. The Chiefs are very <laughs> exciting. 
you know, the Chiefs are right up there because they're just such an exciting brand of football, and it feels like the 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 late '90s, early 2000s uh, St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders, I don't, even, I think they've quieted down once they got rid of Antonio Brown. Chargers, Broncos, the Broncos, by the way, you see Von Miller uh, walked out of a, a news conference. Um, yes, 15 seconds, and that was it. That's all he did with the media. So, but that was about all from an entertainment value. Cowboys are always interesting. They haven't played much, but they're they're three and zero. And if the Cowboys are three and zero, that's a top storyline. I think the Eagles are a storyline. The Giants and Daniel Jones have become a big storyline after the last week. And the Redskins are whatever. The Lions are boring. The Packers, eh? Uh, Vikings in Chicago. The kicker stuff isn't as prevalent. And then you have the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers. Uh, the Rams, the Niners, the Seahawks, and Cardinals. And I just don't th- see anything playing out like we have here in Jacksonville. So I just ran through the entire list of teams, and I maybe will give you the Giants because of their market size and the new QB and going out with Eli Manning, uh, now the loss of Saquon Barkley. I'll give you the Cowboys because they're playing so well right now, and they are the Dallas Cowboys. I'll give you the Kansas City Chiefs because they are just electric. They are playing video game football in the NFL uh, that we haven't seen in at least 20 years and maybe never before. But again, I just go back to the Jaguars have something going on here that's about as unique as we've seen in Jacksonville and maybe across the NFL in quite some time. They have an actual soap opera story in Jalen Ramsey, and they have this craze going on right now with Minshew Mania. Yeah, and it's like I said, you know, I mean, obviously with Jalen Ramsey, the story's always going to be there whether they're winning or losing. Um, with Gardner Minshew, as long as they keep winning, that story's going to be there. If, if they falter, you know, if they start losing some games, um, I feel like that dies a little bit. So, w- once again, it, it comes down to whether you're a Jaguars fan, whether you're, you know, you're a fan of picking the new trends, whether you're Doug Marone, whether you're the front office, you have to win the ball games. That's, that's, that's exactly what it comes down to. Like, all this hype and everything is good, and, you know, having Uncle Rico there at the stadium, that's fantastic. <laughs> Haven't seen that dude in, I don't know, like 10 years, so. It's good to see he's still doing his thing, uh, still cashing those checks. But at the end of the day, man, it's all about winning games, first and yeah. foremost. And if you don't do that, all that stuff's going to go away. Yeah, you got to stay relevant by winning games in enough games. You don't have to necessarily go undefeated, but you have to win enough games to stay relevant. One other thought there, too. How about one guy that could be a real star across the country and a talking point is Leonard Fournette, and nobody's really talking about him. The Jags hope people are talking about him on Sunday night because they need to start to run the football and uh, be better about it. Bottom line for me, Austin, this whole conversation is if I'm Shad Khan, I'm sitting on the kismet, and I'm like, sitting there with my feet up in a beverage and saying, hey, life isn't bad here in Jacksonville right now with my franchise. <laughs> Everybody's no, no. talking about us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Whether they love you or they hate you, as long as they're talking about you, that that means that you're making the money. So, yeah, spell the name right. That's all they ask. Just spell the name right. <laughs> so from that standpoint, it's definitely a good sign. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if I'm Shad Khan, listen, uh, I would probably be – uh, as happy as I could be right now being one and two in the NFL. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. And, and by the way, I say it tongue-in-cheek a little bit. I think Shad Khan really is concerned about this Ramsey situation and what they are going to do with it and how it ends up because he's a really good football player, and I think they want to keep him. Um, but at the same time, it is a business, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars right now are getting more attention than I can remember in quite some time, some of it for Ramsey, some of it for Minshew, and now hopefully going forward maybe it's because of the wins and the record that they have as well. When we come back, let's stay on the NFL, man. Let's talk a little bit more about the the rest of the league, including that Green Bay game last night, and how coaches just outsmart themselves, get a little bit too full of themselves, and why, yes, it's a pass-happy league, but you better be able to do what Austin Lane always says. 
run the football, you believe it. and stop the run. You better believe it. And the Green Bay Packers did neither last night. That's next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Yeah, I, I really don't know what pass interference is anymore, so I'll just leave it at that. Oh, that's Matt mm. LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach and why do we keep throwing challenge flags for pass interference when you're not going to overturn it even if it is pass interference yeah come on you guys were explained this rule it has to be obvious we know that and they're not going to change everyone over change i've actually was surprised when uh joe buck told us the stats on this that it had been coming into this game 27 times they had challenged pass interference and seven times it had been overturned i thought it would even be <laughs> less than that Believe it or not, that's actually a decent percentage, I think, from a challenge perspective on a play where it could be pass interference almost every single time a ball goes up in the air. So uh, we have to figure this part out. Brent Martineau here at Mandarin High School, our Action Sports Shacks Game of the Week, hanging out in the press box. The Mustangs will hold Nice on ESPN 690 tonight. And Action Sports Shacks to Austin Lane back in the studios here on a Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, I mean, what's the deal? Do you are, are we already carried away and sick and tired of the pass interference rule in the NFL? Um, I mean, I think you have to be sick and tired of it if because I thought it was pass interference. So the fact that they didn't call it, you know, I mean, I'm kind of sick and tired of that because it kind of makes you wonder what was the point of the rule if it's not going to be overturned. You know, there was one I think earlier in the game as well that even I think like the office in New York said, oh yeah, that should have been overturned, and it wasn't overturned. You know, so it's not a good look for the NFL. It's not a good look for referees when a team does challenge it. They go to the the cameras or whatever. They you know they go off the sidelines and then they cut to New York, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, that's that should be a pass interference. That should be called." And all of a sudden, the ref comes back out and he's like, "Nope, not pass interference." Like, that's not good. That's almost worse than in, in implementing the rule in the first place. So, yeah, it's just. It's not a good look when there's so much disagreement going on between, you know, if, if, if it is pass interference or not. All right. Well, you know how I feel about this stuff, okay? I think these kind of things help the NFL. And I think the fact that we're talking about it, the fact that there's drama and disagreement and debate in these games, especially in these uh, Thursday night games, Monday night games, Sunday night games, the ones in prime time with everybody's tweeting and talking and Facebooking and everything else, I think it actually is beneficial to the NFL. Now, whether that's a contrived benefit or not, I'm not willing to go there. I'm just saying I think it is beneficial because it brings in drama and debate, and that's always good in a, a view uh, as for a viewer. I think for a telecast, for yeah. uh, for for a radio show, for anything. I think that that drives a lot of attention in our world today. You know, we always go back to this, Austin. That was a boring Super Bowl last year, 13 to three. The Patriots beat the Rams, and I bring up the point. I think there might have been one challenge in that game, and that was it. Why was it so boring? Well, because it was only 13-3. to But I think also because, well, we didn't have three or four or five questionable plays in a game that everybody was trying to dissect. I always think that adds intrigue to, uh, to a broadcast. Let me ask you this, though. So with the pass interference now, whether it is pass interference or not, you think you know that adds to the game, the drama, people love that. 
But do you think last year when it was all about what constitutes a proper quarterback hit and then what constitutes roughing the passer um, for those first like five weeks, like do you think that was beneficial or do you think that hurt the game though? I think the NFL is doing pretty damn good, so I don't think it hurt the game. Okay. Uh, I don't. I I don't. I I I don't look at that stuff as hurting. The game. I, I understand your question. I understand yeah. uh, the integrity of what you're saying there, and really the integrity of the league on some of these things. What Tom Brady's even saying, hey, too many flags being thrown, how, how are guys supposed to play? Uh, but I think we see it on the opposite end, too. I mean, uh, Barnett should have been probably tossed out of that game yesterday, and he wasn't. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, again, the Barnett play... I think he probably should be tossed. I mean, we have targeting in college football for some silly stuff sometimes and stuff that's not malicious. That was malicious yesterday by mm-hmm. Barnett. He should have been penalized. He'll be fine probably. I mean, he should have been more than penalized. He should have been ejected out of the game. Philadelphia should have been hurt by his absence. He comes back and makes a pretty big play later in the football game too, by the way. So I think I think all those things add to intrigue, discussion, debate, the things we're talking about right now. I think people view it differently. And I, I don't necessarily disagree or disrespect the view you have of it because the integrity of the game is, is important. But at the end of the day, it just goes back to the last segment I, we just had, mm-hmm. and that is it's an entertainment business. And to me, that adds entertainment to it, whether you like it or not, or whether it's even contrived and, and meaning to be. Um, entertaining or not. No, I agree. You know, I mean, take, you know, head coach Matt LaFleur, that was his pass interference comment. Uh, You can take Clay Matthews' comments last year about saying basically, listen, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to hit a quarterback without putting some body weight on him. I have literally no idea what to do. And I think you heard that from a lot of players last year. A lot of players echoed that. And I think when when you have that, yeah, it doesn't really matter if the players are speaking out or not, right? Because the fans will still tune in to watch it. And if the fans agree with the players, they get in this uproar, that's not going to change the rating. So I, I get what you're saying there. But I'm just saying for the overall sanctity of the game, um, I feel like, you know, if you start having all these discrepancies, if the players keep on starts, you know, to speak out or if the announcers speak out about it, I think eventually you may lose some of that luster that you have of the NFL. But that's I just think, my opinion. Yeah, and, and you might not be wrong. Yeah. And there might be too much of this stuff. And, well, listen, I'm overall uh, not a big believer in all the replay we already have. I think it slows the game down. And I think that's where you might lose people more than anything else is that this constant choppiness of a football game that we view and, and that we're at and that they play and I think that's hurtful more than probably any of these other things that we're saying because I think everybody likes a good flow to a game and plus their attention span isn't that long so Mm -hmm. it better be a damn good football game like last night to keep us all the way through or it better be one of those deals where there's nothing else on last night so we can watch uh, the entirety of that football game and I think the ratings were very good uh, for that Green Bay loss to Philadelphia obviously two big time football areas uh, playing a football game in prime time I, I think I go back to the pass interference, and I think uh, coaches are being a little silly in the way they're challenging this. And I don't know what they were told behind closed doors, but the way I interpreted what went on is this was all off that Saints-Rams game last year. And what happened in that Saints-Rams game? What did you do? And I'm going to do it right now on camera. I jump out of my seat and say, what the heck was that? They missed it. They yeah. missed that call. That was pass interference. How did they not say anything? How did they not throw a flag? Well, that was this new rule being put into play. It was, let's stop that play. 
Let's stop the play that everybody jumps out of their seat and says, how in the world did you not get that right? And therefore that official becomes criticized for the rest of their life because they screwed a whole town over of going to a Super Bowl. I did not see that last night, Austin. I I didn't feel that in any of those plays. And therefore, I don't think you're going to change any of those plays, even though by the book, in slow motion, was it interference? Yeah, it probably was. But I'll tell you this, if they didn't review it more than one time, I'm not sure I would have jumped off my seat and said, oh, my gosh, that was interference. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you, you may not have, Brent, as, as, a, you know, as a casual observer, but I think the Packers fans last night would have done that. Because, of course you know, they the, did, because they have their goggles on. Well, yeah, but, but okay. But, I mean, that's... Isn't that what it's? I mean, it's for the fans, right? So if you're cheering for the pack, I mean, if you're a Packers fan and you feel like you you got screwed out of a call, well, it's up to the NFL to make that right. Now we we can sit back and argue back and forth if it was a pass interference call or not, especially towards the end of the game. You know, when they're like on the one yard line, it, it appeared that the defensive back had his arms wrapped around the receiver at, at the goal line. That's just what it looked like. So. Yeah, I understand. Like he not, got there early. He not, did get there. Yeah, early. And, and not every play is going to be you know clear as day like it was in the, in the Saints Rams game, but you invited this whole thing. Once you yeah. start implementing the instant replay, well then it's on the NFL to make it right. I don't care if it's not a play that doesn't make you stand up and go, oh that's a pass interference call. Well, no, because there's some times where maybe there's a holding call where I don't stand up and scream that's holding, <laughs> even though it is holding. You know, like but those, they're not reviewing those, man. But but, but exactly. But I'm saying, you know, like. The NFL, like, it's so fast, right? Like, the plays happen so quickly. And, yes, that play in New Orleans against the Rams, it was obvious. It was obvious as the day is long that that was a pass interference call. But there's other pass interference calls, too, that it can affect the game. It's just maybe they happen fast. Maybe we would have noticed them off the top of the bat. But if you're going to try to make it right then you have to make every single play right. And I get it. Maybe that slows down the game. Maybe it takes away momentum. But... If you're going to be the NFL and go all in on this, then go all in. You know, you you just can't pick and choose, well, this was a blatant one uh, for sure, pass interference. I mean, it's like I said, it's up for debate last night whether those calls were pass interference calls or not. Yeah, but and, and this is what I'm trying to say. And, um, and, and by the letter of the law, you might be right. And maybe we get to a point where they do start overturning some of these. I believe they told people kind of they're, they're, the way that they changed this thing at the owners' meetings and when they went through this, I think the conversation was probably like, hey, we have to avoid something that is so obvious that you lose the integrity of the, of the game. Now, these ticky-tack ones, these ones that we see in slow motion, there's a bump here or there. If we break it down and say, oh, yeah, that probably is, that's fine. But we can't have another one like the Saints and Rams, whether it's a regular season game or whether it's a playoff game. And I think that's why this rule is in place. I can say I think all those plays that were challenged yesterday, I think there were three of them, Austin. Mm-hmm. I think they probably should have overturned all three. I think it was interference on all three. Uh, but I'm just trying to tell you that I don't think they're going to overturn them <laughs> unless, unless you absolutely uh, just knock the guy over and the, guy, and the ref didn't see it. But how bad is it, though, when they're deliberating whether it's a pass interference or not, they call to New York, the headquarters, the officiating headquarters, the guys that are running the show, yeah. and even the guys go, oh, yeah, that play should have been you know, overturned. That was definitely pass interference, and it doesn't get overturned. Like That looks bad on the NFL. That, that pisses fans off, and rightfully so. Well, where, yeah. does, where does the authority lie in that, though? Does it lie with the uh, referees on the field? Does it lie with the referees in the booth? Oh, or no, does I it mean, lie with the, uh, with the 
the headquarters guys that they're calling in. Because I agree, if you're calling in the NFL, if you're going to the top of the ladder, and the top of the ladder says, yeah, that's that's a bad play, then there you go. It's been handed down from high. Exactly. But if you're not going to do anything about it, then why bother calling them anyway? Why not check in with two fat guys and some nachos and beer <laughs> and you know get the Consumer Reports version on this, and then let's just go back to the game? No, that, that's a great point because obviously you know the officials in New York, they don't have any jurisdiction, right? Like the people calling the plays, the people calling the fouls, it happens on the field, and that's it. End of story. So I actually kind of agree with, with Scott a little bit here. Where what's the point in calling New York to get that you know like that that ref's perspective if they're not even going to agree with him? Yeah, uh, it's. I I think now they've opened this can of worms. It's probably why they shouldn't have had the rule in the first place. If they were just going to use it for egregious fouls, and that's what they're going to overturn. If you're not going to overturn them all. Uh, and maybe we get to that stage next year. You know, maybe that's an evolution of this rule. Because, again, I saw guys throw a challenge flag, and I think they were probably right. But I also knew at the same time I didn't have one bit of my body that thought they were going to overturn it. Because yeah. I just don't think it's the nature of why they put this rule in place. And right now I think most of the officials are, are living up to that. Uh, let's just not make Rams Saints happen again. Hey, more about it. More on the NFL coming up in a bit. bit but uh, next, stay in your lane uh, with Austin Lane. A little early in the show today because we cut off our show early for our Action Sports Jacks Game of the Week. Nice at Mandarin. We'll have it for you at 6 o'clock on ESPN 690, including the Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show starts at 545. Hang with us on ESPN 690. Your thoughts always invited. Star Star 690 or 904-362-9901. What do you think about the pass interference rule? What do you think about the rest of the NFL? As we head into week four, we're open to talk about it, but we're not changing our minds. Next on ESPN 690. <laughs> now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back to ESPN 690 here. Brent had to step out real quick, so I'm going to take over. Do stay in your lane. Uh, going to do a little early today as we're going to leave the show early um, since we have our Friday night action to cover tonight as well. So stay in your lane real quick. Since we've been kind of caught up in the Jalen Ramsey saga and the Jacksonville Jaguar saga, I haven't really had a chance to talk any fighting at all. So I figure this is a good time to talk that. So Cruise Control is going to be UFC Copenhagen taking place this weekend at a 2 o'clock start time for the main card from Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, pretty cool fight venue. And uh, one of my favorite brands of Chew. A uh, little fun fact, Copenhagen. Shout out to Copenhagen Straight Long Cut. Not just Copenhagen Long Cut. Got to be straight long cut. Uh Copenhagen cut the check. But uh, for, for, for the main card, we're talking about the, the main event, Jack Hermanson, who uh, is a, I'm a huge fan of. Guy fought up out of Sweden, now trains in Norway. Um, he's your typical Norwegian slash Scandinavian fighter, super intense dude. He's got that Viking blood coursing through his veins. But surprisingly, you know, he's going to look for the knockout, but also really good on the ground as well. Um, specializes in rear naked chokes uh, and things of that nature. So he, he's really a well-versed fighter taking on Jared Cannonier and the cool thing about Jared Cannonier actually started as a heavyweight uh, fought out of, out of Alaska of all places got to the UFC as a heavyweight cut down a little bit, cut down to 205 and now actually fights at 185 uh, he still has the KO power, he's definitely more of a stand up fighter so it's interesting to see what Jack Hermanson's going to do if he wants to stand and bang or if he takes him down the other fight I'm going to keep an eye on uh, for UFC Copenhagen is uh, it's kind of down the list a little bit but 
but it's one of my favorite fighters by the name of Gunnar Nelson. Now, Gunnar Nelson trains with Conor McGregor, but you never know it because Gunnar Nelson is the most humble and quiet guy of all time. Gunnar Nelson uh, maybe says one to two words uh, per interview. Just a really, he's almost like a like a like a serial killer. He kind of gives that vibe a little bit. He's, he's been really, around for a minute too. Hasn't he has he? been around for a while, but he's a super nice dude, man. Uh, fighting out of Iceland. He's fighting Gilbert Burns, uh, so keep an eye on him. And also a fun fact about Gunnar Nelson, one of the only guys in the UFC that doesn't tape his hands uh, when he's in the cage. Uh, usually guys tape their fists and their wrists and everything like that. Gunnar Nelson does not do that because he hates the feel of it. Uh, very ballsy. Um, you know, I feel like that's a good way to break your hand, but hey, props to Gunnar Nelson. You're from Iceland. I'm not gonna I'm not going to fault you for that. And quick, uh, another big thing taking place in the fighting world, more specifically in boxing. We got uh, Earl Spence fighting Sean Porter for the welterweight unification bout. Earl Spence, 25-0, and 0, one of the biggest names in boxing, taking on Sean Porter, 32-1. and 1. Sean Porter's the guy that comes at you. He's the brawler. He's the mauler. Uh, Earl Spence, more of the traditional boxer, stays long. So you have a clash of styles. Anytime that happens, uh, it's going to be a good match. So check that out as well. That'll be on pay-per-view this Saturday. Uh, I think we're going to cut the break real quick. When we come back, I will have my pump your break segment and what is a hockey player eating on the bench we shall find out you won't believe it stay tuned espn 690 brent martineau you see him every day on cbs 47 fox 30 action sports jacks austin lane he's a former jag star and current mma fighter broadcasting live from the anna jar and levine studio this is action sports jacks on espn 690 and espn 690.com all right, and welcome back here. Mandarin High School, the place for me today for our Action Sports Jacks Game of the Week on ESPN 690. Nice against Mandarin. Of course, we'll see Carson Beck, the Georgia commit, and the defending state champs are the Mandarin Mustangs. A little bit tougher sledding this year for the Mustangs as they, uh, well, they lost some of their talent from last year. That's what happens after winning the state title, and now you've got to try to get it back, and, and they've got a big target on their backs, too. Uh, nice is a fun offense to watch. This could be a high-scoring affair. We'll We'll uh, get a look at this one coming up at 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. Of course, you can watch the video of it on Facebook and YouTube right here on Twitter as well. So tell all your friends about it. If you know anybody at Nice and Mandarin, uh, moms and dads, grandparents, friends, all that, relatives across the country can really watch them play tonight on all our social media platforms, just like you can watch the show all across the country and really all across the globe. We are worldwide, just like ESPN says, Austin Lane. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And do you mind? Uh, I'm not sure if you heard my last segment, but I haven't finished up Pump Your Brakes and I actually have a trivia question for you that revolves oh. around it. No, if, go ahead. If, I didn't if, know if I had a couple play. minutes off. See, when I went and did, I had to go change his shirt. I'm on shirt number two. Okay. that so. It's that hot outside, huh? It's that hot in here. It's actually maybe more comfortable outside. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, quick. So pump your brakes. Uh, and Brent, feel free to play along here. If if I say the name Mark Lalestu, do you does that do anything for you? It probably shouldn't, to be honest. Lalestu, no, it doesn't. Do okay, anything. so he is a hockey player from the Winnipeg Jets, and you know athletes kind of have their own quirks, their own little things that they like to eat on the sidelines, like Marshawn Lynch had Skittles. Um, you know, so Mark Lewestu, uh being a hockey player, you know, kind of being a hockey player who's a little bit out there. Take a guess what this dude was caught eating on the bench uh, during a preseason game. And I guess what's like his go-to snack when he's playing hockey? Oh, 
let's see. Playing hockey, go to snack. Uh, and uh, I, and I'm, I'm, I'll give you a little hint here. He lucky Charms. No, I'm going to give you a little hint. He doesn't eat it. He kind of, it's more of a sucks it down, we'll just say. Well, it'll be a shake uh, of some kind. Uh, a Frosty. No. Is this you going after your Wendy's endorsement no, again? No, 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 it's not. It's not at all. I don't think Wendy's <laughs> even has this condiment. They might. Rats and figure you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mark Lewestu has been spotted eating mustard packets, sucking on mustard packets during hockey games. Um, no one knows why yet. Uh, I'm awaiting the, the interview to ask him why the heck he's eating mustard packets. But, yeah, uh, pump your brakes, Mark Lewestu. How about that? Uh, you know, there's pickle juice is a big thing now, right? Yep, for cramps, exactly. I don't know if there's something about mustard. So my only theory, Brent, and I've heard this before, um, if you eat spicy foods, uh, like if you, if you get, say you have like a cramp or you're, you're fatigued, if you eat spicy foods, that's actually supposed to help with cramping and uh, inflammation. But I, I kind of dove deep into this whole thing, and it's not spicy mustard. It's just regular run-of-the-mill Yellow mustard. So, not sure why he's eating it. Yeah, uh, I will have the update for you probably next week. Is uh, is that the trivia question, or is there another one? No, that that was a trivia question. Okay, that was that was, was, was kind of hoping for something more sports related. Sorry. Well, I don't know. It's a hockey player eating something on the bench, Brent. How, how much more sports related do you want, man? Hey, what's the most random thing that uh, you like to eat? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, the most random thing. And Easy maybe, now, it, family radio show. Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there uh, something about, like, um, you know, for your training or something like that that people be, like, gross or... Uh, nothing in, that's sticking out to me. I'm a sucker for tortilla chips. So I think we've been over this before. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, me, like, yeah, dude, if you, I mean, if, give me a big bag of tortilla chips and salsa, and I, and I will knock that whole bag out. I do it, I eat it every day. I'm like, yeah. every day I have chips and salsa. Like, I tweeted that, like, a couple of weeks ago, and it's true. Yeah. Like, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm, like, low on sodium or what the deal is, man, but I cannot get enough of tortilla chips. If, if you left me on this earth and just had <laughs> chips and salsa, like, I don't even need the queso. Like, queso. Queso's good and all, oh, but, and the guacamole's fine, but yeah. like, but I don't need it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I really like the chips and salsa and a uh, ton of it. The other thing that I, I did tweet most recently, which I eat a lot of, right now we're out of it. i got to go back to Costco or something and get it, but uh, is the fruit snacks. I'm a huge fruit snack yeah, guy. Yeah, you are a fruit snack guy, man. It's a little Love weird, them. but Love it's them. all good. I like, uh, like, I'm not a dessert person, Yeah, but I like the you know whether it's gummy bears or or gummy worms or like uh you know that kind of texture i guess to it so the fruit huh. snacks kind of fit yeah but they feel like because the kids can eat them that it feels like it's a little healthier than all that other stuff even though it's really well, not. let's be honest with that they, they couldn't be any more unhealthy for you but yeah just keep telling yourself that man it's yeah. all good but there's only like eight in a pack so yeah that's a good point that's uh by the way how's ronan doing today uh still sick didn't go to school for the whole week so i mean what the heck like uh, i don't yeah. want to call the young man out but i don't I mean because I, I i mean i hope he gets better yeah but i, mean, I believe dude. the diagnosis is ramsayitis I, I, I know man like this is this is shit out of the ramsey book right um yeah i still had a fever last night he uh he had a cough this morning we took him to get some medicine so that's going well so hopefully this weekend uh, you know, it'll be out of his system, and so my wife was getting sick too. She's feeling better as well. So, all right. Well, thank thank you for asking. Ah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, I gotta get the little man up to speed. We gotta get him to the fire station sooner. Absolutely, or later. for sure. I, He's I, all I about really it. I like that idea. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's the deal, man. Did Jalen Ramsey's latest words 
uh, in the podcast when he said it again last night, or, well, it came out yesterday, did, did that indicate to you that, okay, this, here we are ten days later and this is still a thing, and it, almost to the point where Jalen, who, who says, hey, it's not really about the money, it's about happiness, say, the only way this is getting resolved is if I'm out of here. Did, did that hit home with you at all? Was it just another, ah, I've heard that before? How did you interpret what he said yesterday? Um, what I interpreted was kind of how I interpret my life right now, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I'm going to have my happiness over anything, and, and that that includes money, you know, and I get it. People want to poke fun at that and say, oh, you know, that's, you know, that's such the, that's the selfish thing to say, or, yeah, you know, is Jalen Ramsey smoking something? Like, you know, you hear all that stuff, and it's like, Dude, if you have a chance to be happy and still make money, I think anybody would choose that. So, yeah, that shows that Jalen Ramsey isn't here, uh, isn't happy here in Jacksonville. And kind of like I've been saying the past two to three weeks now, it's not just about it's not about the money. You know, I mean, he's going to make his money wherever he goes. He's that good of a player. He knows that. His agent knows that. And I'm sure the Jacksonville Jaguars know that. I think what it comes down to is the environment that's been created in, 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 that, in that stadium. You know, and we know that Doug Marone's not the problem. We know that. Uh, you know, for all things considered, I don't think Dave Caldwell is really that big of a problem. It, it all revolves around Tom Coughlin, and um, it goes down from there. So, yeah, you know, I think if he has the opportunity to play somewhere else with, with a better culture, he's going to absolutely take that because it's like he said. Uh, he His happiness comes first, and I'm sure he takes his family into account when he's making that decision as well. So if that's the case, it is what it is. So either, you know, they can try to change it with Coughlin there, they can get rid of Coughlin, or else they have to say goodbye to Jalen. Yeah, here's the deal, man, too, on this. Uh, and I kind of I, I hesitate to go all the way back and revisit everything we've said about it. But I do say if you like playing with your teammates and you're hanging with your teammates all the time, and actually there's a respect for your coach, which now many people believe there is, and that whole thing for the first 48 hours of this mess was really less about Doug Marone than, than kind of indicated and that we were talking about for so long. Well, if you have all that, who cares about the guy down the hallway? Should we? Should he? All right, well, that's like saying this. If, if I was to go to a school... Uh, and go to a classroom, say all my friends are in that classroom, but the teacher there, man, it's just it's just a bad vibe. I don't like the teacher at all. If I had an option to get rid of the teacher or go to a different class, I, I'd see my friends again. You know, I'd see my friends at lunchtime or I'd see my friends in the summer, whatever it would be, but I have to deal with that teacher every single day. And if I walk in that classroom and, yeah, cool, all my friends are there, but the teacher's running the show. And the teacher makes me uncomfortable. And if I'm, you know, kind of feeling defeated, feeling dejected every single time I walk in that classroom because that teacher is there. And if I have the opportunity to go to a different class with a, with a better teacher, a cooler teacher, well, guess what I'm going to do? I, I love my friends to death, but I don't want to be nervous every single day. I don't want to be miserable every single day that I walk in that classroom. And you can apply the same thing to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he wants to be there for his teammates. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, I think he enjoys, and we saw that against the Titans. You know, he was cheering and everything. He was supporting his players, as he should. I mean, that's a good teammate, and that's what he said he's trying to be the whole time. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy, it doesn't matter, you know, how good of friends you have in that team. If your headspace isn't where it needs to be, number one, that only affects you. But eventually it's going to affect your teammates and it's going to affect your performance on the field. And that's the last thing Jalen Ramsey wants for his teammates. It's the last thing he wants for the organization. And I think his teammates respect him enough that they don't want that either.
I think, though, your analogy is off a little bit because be with it's, it. it's not the – you gave the teacher analogy. In this situation, it's not the teacher. The teacher is Doug Marone. In this situation, Tom Coughlin is the principal. So how often is my point? My point is how often do you rub shoulders with the principal of the school? But who, but who establishes the culture in the classroom? The is teacher. He, is he the principal or is he the dean of boys, in which case you keep getting referred back to his <laughs> office? Uh, <that's> a, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe well, that's a little personal information there. but uh, Well, but that's fair. I mean, because I think the principal in this situation may be butting in or, or at least uh, taking over too much. I think that's a fair argument or a curiosity, uh, maybe too much for, for Jalen's liking. I just feel like I guess the question in this thing has been, okay, there's been interaction here between Coughlin and Ramsey that he doesn't like. And, you know, we're missing one part of this. And all this stuff that we've talked about, and we brought it up very briefly, Austin, but if you go back now and look at the timeline of everything, you know, from last Sunday is Doug Marone and the outburst on the sideline, and then obviously something happened with Tom Coughlin right after that game, and, and he didn't like it. And we've heard things that, hey, Tom Coughlin wanted to discipline him or was thinking about discipline him or, uh, you know, it never happened. Um, Jalen said he didn't even – he wouldn't surprise at all he wasn't disciplined when he had that press conference. We also think – and you did the, a great job of this way early – of going back to the OTAs and the 100% commitment comment. But there's one element I think we're missing here, and we really don't know how it all transpired, but that's last August, last training camp, when he has the outburst with the media and he gets suspended for a week from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what I continue to maintain in that is, okay, he got suspended for the week. But think about the absurdity of it, really, because even at the time, if it was just that incident, he got suspended for yelling at the media? Like, has that ever happened to the NFL? You know? So, like, again, this is your best player who obviously thinks respect is a big thing and thinks he's the best player, so he should have a certain amount of respect. Call that entitlement. Call that whatever you want. Today's athlete. But he obviously feels like he should, and he doesn't get any. In fact, in his view, he's probably saying, hey, they picked the media over me on this one. But, see, I think it's bigger than that. I think there was more to lead up to that. Whatever that was, I don't know, and I haven't even heard things, to be quite honest with you. But I do believe if you go all the way back to last August when he was suspended for a week because of that kind of run-in, yelling off the field at the media, I do think there was probably something that led up to that, and that was the tipping point for the Jags, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, to suspend him for that week during camp. And that's one we really don't bring up in all the grand scheme of everything that's happened with the front office versus Jalen Ramsey. But I do think that probably, uh, if we're looking at where this all started, it may have started back in August of 2018. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's a very good point. Um, it's kind of a, t- a telling thing for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like we talked about, maybe it's been snowballing and snowballing, and it finally got to the point where the cup runneth over in Houston, you know, over a, a challenge call, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess you're to the point of no return, you know. And I get what you're saying, Brent, where you're saying how, yeah, you know, he is a star player, so you can call it entitlement. You can call it, you know, s- selfishness because he's demanding all these things or he wants what's better for himself. But we have to remember, yes, he is the star player. He's the best player on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's probably one of the best corners in the entire NFL. That's all fact. 
Okay, I mean, yeah, Clayus Campbell's a hell of a player, too, and maybe you could put him up there, but Jalen Ramsey's the best player on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. But, and I'm trying to explain this. Okay, so think of, like, an NFL team, like, in a locker room. You know, like, there's going to be clicks, right? Like, yeah, sir, you have the old linemen who hang out together, maybe the D linemen hang out together, and, yes, they interact. You know, it's, it's like a high school. We're going back to high school analogy or the school analogy. But, yes, they all interact. They all get along. You know, they they go against each other on the practice field and stuff like that. But to think that Jalen Ramsey's just on this vendetta by himself, just to think that Jalen Ramsey only thinks this way and nobody else in that locker room shares his opinions, shares his views, is, uh, you know, you have to be almost delusional to think that way because Jalen Ramsey's in the power spot. He's the best player, so he can speak out. But how much you want to make a bet? There's other players that are texting like, man, Thanks for speaking out because, yes, things maybe are a little messed up here in Jacksonville. You know, maybe the front office is a little messed up. Like, it's not just Jalen Ramsey that has the problem because if that was the case, then players would speak out against him and be like, yeah, I don't know what Jalen Ramsey's deal is. I mean, everything's cool here. But no one's no one's ever defended the, the front office part, right? Like, we've never heard a player come out and defend it. And, and, and I get what you're like. You're going to say, like, well, yeah, obviously, you can always have your teammates back for sure. But at the same time, you got to remember, man, like in terms of the NFL, there is a hierarchy. Yes, there's the captains, there's the star players, and then there's the followers. And guys follow Jalen Ramsey. And whether you agree with it or not, that's just the fact. And the fact that if Jalen Ramsey is upset with what's going on right now in, in the locker room with the culture of the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's other guys in that locker room that are going to be upset too. So if you get rid of the problem that's complaining, saying how he doesn't want to be here, so be it. But what's to say that when you get rid of Jalen Ramsey, another guy doesn't step forward and say, you know what, it's really not that great here. Yeah, I think uh, it's well said, man. I think it's a good reminder of this isn't just a Jalen Ramsey versus the building kind of thing. But it does appear like that from the outside. And I think we have to be careful of that. And that's a very good reminder to that. And to your point, yes, even if there are people that kind of roll their eyes, and trust me, in that locker room, I think there are also people that are rolling their eyes at Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I, I, why? Why? Not necessarily because they disagree with him. I think because they more might agree with me. And the timing is really right now. Do we have to do this right now? Even in August is okay. But in week two and three and four, when we're trying to find ourselves, I don't think that's the best timing. I believe there are probably some folks in that locker room that are rolling their eyes at it. But to your point, there not going to sit up there in front of a microphone and say, hey, Tom Coughlin, the brass, I mean, we love him. I don't know what Jalen's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely wouldn't say that. And uh, I think it's an important reminder that you're probably right. I think a lot of people or more people than we want to believe or that are being perceived uh, agree with Jalen inside that building. Uh, Fascinating to see where it ends up. Uh, I don't know if he pushed the story forward at all uh, with yesterday's podcast information, but I still believe, and I tweeted this last night, that, and here we go back to the distraction word, and I I just think if you're telling me that you don't want to be a distraction, then just stay quiet, man. Just go tend to the the little one and be there for the birth of your child. This isn't helping the locker room at all and your head coach and everybody else that we all have to continue to talk about the latest thing that you said. Uh, so I think he's a little bit hypocritical there from last Tuesday to saying, I don't want to be a distraction, to now two weeks in a row on a Thursday, a podcast dropping where there's more and more information coming out. Um, 
I get that point, but at the same time, would you rather have Jalen Ramsey and come out and explain what exactly is happening, or would you rather have some quote-unquote source come out and maybe say the wrong thing, and then we're talking about it, or would we just come out and say, listen, we haven't heard from Jalen Ramsey in a while, I bet this is what's going on. Like, I understand you don't want Jalen Ramsey to be a distraction, uh, and you know when he says he doesn't want to be a distraction and goes on a podcast, that may come across the wrong way. But at the same time, to hear it from the horse's mouth, to, to hear from the guy who's going through it and to explain, to be very transparent of this is what I'm upset about, this is why I don't want to be here, this is what I want. I would rather have that, especially uh, as a teammate in the locker room, uh, as opposed to a guy who is just sending out cryptic you know, Twitter messages that you don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Well, but yeah, Austin, here's the deal. This is not what I want. What I want, I'd love Jalen to come on the show and talk. So let's just say that. I mean, I have no problem with him talking. Yeah. This is it's fine. Um, this fine for me. Selfishly, Jalen, talk all you want. That's fine. But I'm saying from a guy that said to us last week when asked the question, I don't want to be a distraction. I'm thinking of my teammates. Well, the more you talk, the more those guys have to answer questions, the more your head coach has to stand up there on the podium and answer questions about you saying whatever you're saying. So it becomes a public battle. See, in my opinion, we were going to come in here today and not really talk about Jalen Ramsey, other than, hey, congratulations, he had the baby, and now we'll see if he's available on Sunday. Well, he opened the door again to talk about what we just talked about for the last 10 or 15 minutes. But what's been more of the distraction, him going on a podcast and reiterating a point that he made a couple weeks ago, or the fact that he had to leave the team to go tend to a baby that was being born? Like, I feel like the baby being born was a lot more of a distraction, and he didn't even, like, he was just being a dad. He was being a soon-to-be dad, and he left the team. It was the media that took it with the whirlwind saying, oh, well, is this actually what's going on, or is there something more to it? Like, I think I think it was initially, I guess, on Wednesday, like the Monday thing, the Wednesday injuries, the Wednesday night leaving, all that. But then nobody was questioning anything. I mean, again, like we talked about yesterday, you really don't question the fact the guy's going home to be with uh, the, for the birth of, of his daughter. So, but now, because this thing dropped, I can now ask you again, how's this thing going to end up? where I probably wouldn't have talked about that again until maybe Monday or Tuesday, until the next piece of information came out, or whether he played or not. Yeah, but I mean, the more you talk, the more he stays in the news cycle with things that he says. And by the way, that was all over the news last night, what he said in that podcast. That was all over the country, ESPN, everywhere else, again. So the more he makes the national headlines, the more he becomes... Well, a conversation point on every little thing he says. I don't think everybody across the country last night and today would be talking about Jalen Ramsey if he was just home to see his daughter be born. Um, I understand that point, but let's be honest here. From that podcast that took place, I think it was you know I think it dropped last night or whatever it was. We didn't learn anything new. We already knew what we already knew. We we know Jalen Ramsey doesn't like Tom Coughlin. We know that the culture, he doesn't like coming to the stadium. And he didn't really reveal anything new. I think the bigger news is the fact that maybe he, he plays on Sunday, you know, as, as Nate Burleson was tweeting. Like, yeah. I understand, like, yeah, he went back on the podcast and he kind of reiterated his points, but he didn't say anything new. It wasn't like, you know what? I don't like uh, I don't like uh, Tom Coughlin, and I also don't like so and so. Like we, we, we didn't learn anything new. It, it's, By the way, it would probably be Brent next. Yeah, there you go. Like um, he, he only reiterated the point. Now, what the media does with that, um, they can do with that. But like I, I saw, the, you know, I saw the headlines, and I took the dude. I'm like, 
Yeah, but of course. Like, we've been talking about this for how long now? He doesn't like Tom Coughlin, doesn't like the culture, doesn't like coming to work every single day. That's nothing new. Yeah, nothing new other than this, Austin, because it's a 10-day update, essentially. The update is he still feels the same way. And the second part of that, where I do think it was a little bit new, and he didn't say this last Tuesday during his press conferences, he basically feels like there's irreparable harm done, and you can't repair it. And so it, it's going to end at some point because both you have to part ways. That's what he said. And so I thought that part was a my, – my point is over a 10, 11-day span yeah. of not really learning anything new on the trade front, what we did learn is nothing's changed on the trade front. And in these kind of scenarios, the fact that nothing changed over an almost two-week span kind of is news because there's no uh, ground being made. I, I mean, I guess, but at the – yeah, I mean – I guess we can go back and forth, you know. I mean, I felt like if something did change, well, then maybe Jim would have said, you know what, I'm going to be a Jackson Jaguar this year. Maybe his agent would have said something. Like, I was just calling, I'm just kind of always under the assumption that the Jaguars are waiting for the best possible offer. Um, you know, Tom Coughlin's still there, so I, I don't see it changing, you know. And, yeah. I, and I'm not sure, like, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, whether or not. Um, Tom Coughlin and Jim Ramsey had, had any dialogue whatsoever. You know, I mean, I think there was a, a report saying they had a little bit of a meeting, but what does that mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, uh, but of course, you know, I mean, unless all of a sudden there's breaking news where Doug Marone says, yeah, you know, Jalen and Tom, they hashed it out and we're all good to go for the rest of the season. Like, there's nothing really that can be reported that's not going to change my mind that Jalen Ramsey wants out unless, number one, Tom Coughlin gets fired or, you know, he just gets released or, number two, somebody in that front office comes out and says, yeah, they're on good terms right now. Neither have happened, so I can only assume that Jalen Ramsey still wants out of Jacksonville. Yeah, or if there's a trade. Uh, or if there's a trade, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, I guess, you know, I don't – I understand your point. I think there may be a little bit of semantics to it. But welcome to our business, Austin Lane. No, I get it, man. I absolutely get it. Like, I'm, hey, <laughs> it's it's all about the likes, it's all about the clicks, it's all about the headlines. I I'm learning that firsthand. <laughs> it, it is, uh, and Jalen Ramsey's helping that along. I guess was my point for sure. Story really, he's helping it because he's still talking. I completely and, uh, agree. I'm not gonna hate him for it. I'm just saying. It does cause more fodder. Uh, hey, when we come back, uh, let's do some balling and falling. And uh, is John ba- Bachman back there? Uh, John Bachman is not back here yet, no. He's probably off. He like takes Fridays off. Do you want me to put the, the bat signal for him or not? No, it's fine. Put That's out like, the, put out, like an be- Iowa helmet or something like that. He'll come running? Probably just taking a Friday off. Okay. Well, we're still uh, here. All right. Let's do some balling and falling when we come back let's on ESPN it. 690. Plus some NFL talk coming up on the way here on a Friday. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Feels huge, you know, especially uh, the point of the season that we're at. You know, going two and two is a heck of a lot better than being one and three. Uh, Thursday night game on the road in Lambo. A lot of things, you know, against working against us this week. But uh, to come in here and, and fight to the end, the defense coming up big at the end, a huge win for us. That's Carson Wentz after a big win for the Eagles on the road. By the way, my Thursday night theory not going so well. I think not Thursday night home teams are <laughs> one and three. Thankfully, yeah. the Jags are the one. Yeah. But, uh, man, maybe this road thing isn't a big deal. I, f- I feel like it has been a big deal playing on the road on Thursday night football, but 
Uh, give credit to the away teams because they're taking care of business. And by the way, it's not like they've been heavily favorites. I mean, that's Philly going there and getting the W. And I don't think it was like, what was that? Green Bay got the win over Chicago in week number one. Uh, now, that was a little bit different week number one because you hadn't played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I, it's not really working like uh, like I always thought it did. <laughs> no, absolutely. Nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, Brent Martineau here at Mandarin High School as uh, we have our game of the week on ESPN 690. Uh, of course, all the social media platforms and the Friday Night Blitz. That's coming up uh, right here at 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. Kevin Sullivan and I will have the call. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack studio. Scott hanging out with us tonight as well. And uh, we appreciate him and all his work uh, all week long filling in for coups, uh, which some people would call an upgrade. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I mean, that's what it says on my script. I think Austin wrote it. So Austin's ghostwriting everything this week. I didn't. I didn't write it. I think the public wrote it. <laughs> public consensus. Uh, all right. Balling and falling time, man. What you got? Oh man, you know I wish you would have set it up a little bit, but that's okay. I can go to myself right now. So Ball and Brent, we talked about Teddy Bridgewater kind of this off season, right? Where. Was he going to stay in New Orleans? Was he going to become a free agent, travel someplace else, maybe come to Jacksonville? Jacksonville needed a quarterback at the time. And uh, truth be told, I think Teddy Bridgewater kind of did the unheard of thing and chose to be a backup as opposed to being a starter of an NFL franchise. And so far, all things considered, Drew Brees getting hurt, unfortunately. Teddy Bridgewater stepped up, kind of had a rough first game against the Rams, comes, uh, comes out against Seattle in a very obviously tough place to play in Seattle. And for lack of a better word, dominates. And uh, I think I, I kind of like what he had to say here after the game in the locker room. Check this out. Hey, man. I just want y'all to do one thing, man. I'm, about to, I'm trying not to ball right now. But, man, cherish this moment, man. Cherish these opportunities that we got. Cherish this feeling of winning. And just, man, never take it for granted. Mm. Hey, I'm so speechless, but, man, I'm... I would I would not have rather been anywhere else than here. Mm. Experiencing this experiencing this right now in this moment with you guys. So man, I appreciate you guys, man, for accepting me. And man, I love y'all. Boys. So there you go, Teddy Bridgewater, balling. Hey, you know the. It- they say he's an awesome dude, too. Yeah. Uh, and it is really an incredible story, I think, because it's come a couple years later uh, since the injury in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think it gets less attention. But the fact uh, is now it's he's got this opportunity. He's back at it. And we'll see where it goes, right? I mean, it's much like for New Orleans, probably much like it is here in Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew and in Carolina with Kyle Allen and so many different places around the NFL right now. But... Um, he is a guy like, that you root for. I said this about Kansas City earlier in the year, and they're a team that I think, unless you are in the AFC West, it's hard not to like the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Andy mm-hmm. Reid, Mahomes is a cool story. The Chiefs have a nice tradition, not talked about, probably underappreciated, but you don't really hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they got good barbecue in Kansas City after all. <laughs> uh, and don't you feel like New Orleans is a little bit the same way? An easy team to root for. Heck, after last year, it feels like they got screwed over going to the Super Bowl. But Drew Brees has always been a cool guy. Uh, Sean Payton mixed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But whether it was Hurricane Katrina, whether it was just New Orleans in general, because people like going to New Orleans and Bourbon Street, uh, there's something about it that's appealing. And I think a little bit about New Orleans is the fact that they were bad for so long. 
and now to see them good, uh, you know, win a Super Bowl uh, in the 2000s decade and now with Breeze and, and be so competitive. I think I feel like they're a team that's kind of likable, and Teddy Bridgewater fits them. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I mean, I think the ball started rolling after Katrina, and all of a sudden they go to a Super Bowl and they win it, you know, and then, then they really won that for their city. You know, they won it for the victims and everything like that. So... That's where I think the ball started to get rolling a little bit. And then when you when you have guys like, you know, Drew Brees, who's nothing but a class act, you know, and w- when you have an exciting offense of like Michael Thomas and you, you have this alternative guy by the name of Alvin Kamara, you know, I mean, people people like that stuff. So, yeah, I think that, you know, New Orleans and the city in general, I've been there a couple of times and I've had nothing but great memories in New Orleans, at least ones that I can remember for the most part. So I think when you kind of have all that added together, yeah, you, you have a team that it's hard to root against just because there's so many things working in their favor. All right, do your fallen because I can't even capture my balling that I had written down right now. My phone is acting a, a little goofy, so go ahead. Oh, check this out. So I don't know if this is fallen. Not sure if this is the flex of the century. I'll let you be the judge here, Brent. But Elizabeth Cambridge, uh, who was a center of the Las Vegas Aces and then WNBA, um, showed up to work, you know, showed up for game day in an interesting, uh, let's just call it dress attire, you know, where you think Russell Westbrook is sometimes flexing or kind of making you scratch your head a bit, like what he's wearing. Uh, Elizabeth Cambridge came from the top rope with this one. So a little background on her real quick. Uh, she did the ESPN The Body Issue, and she was featured in that. You know, I mean, obviously, she's a, she's, she's, an NBA, she's a WNBA center, so she's tall. Uh, she has quite the f- physique, and that was showcased in the ESPN Body Magazine. Very cool. Well, she she took one of the the cutouts of her, you know, naked, and put it on a T-shirt, and <laughs> then proceeded that. to wear the T-shirt uh, to a game, um, you know, like for the WNBA game. So basically, wearing a T-shirt of yourself naked, you know, showing off your backside. And once again, not sure if that's the flex of the century or if that's fallen or what that is, but. Uh, very impressive, I guess I'll say. Yeah, I guess so. You're probably right. Uh, I, I got, I got my. I thought you were gonna have that balling, not really falling, but uh, yeah, I that, mean, is, I don't. Is that like going to a concert and wearing a t-shirt? Dude, that 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 would be like <laughs> that's that's like the band wearing that their would be own like shirt the Rolling on stage. Stones coming out, and all of a sudden Mick Jagger's got a brand new Rolling Stones t-shirt on. But then, like, do I hate on that though? Because wrestlers do it all the time. Wrestlers always like professional wrestlers. They always wear their their own merch, obviously, because they're trying to sell it. So. I'm not sure, Brent. It's kind of in between of the fallen and flex of the day. I'm not really yeah. sure why I fall on it. I've long said this. It's like, guys, like Tiger Woods, it's cool that he wears a TW hat, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, name your person. They, they, they all have their own brands now. They all wear their own clothing line. Like, I'm waiting for you still, Dome Hats. You promised me one day on a golf course to come up with a logo for my own brand. Still don't have it. But like now, we do have a brand. We do have our own logo on our hats. Now the only thing yeah. is Austin, we don't wear them. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Hey, the, hey, speaking of this, I'll, I got to share this story Hit real me quick. with it. Yeah. So, uh, Kaylee wants to go to Jaguars All Access last night. Okay. And um so 
you know, we have to find a way to get her there. Ty's got practice, and Steph can't get her there, and so we're trying to figure out. Well, then she drops off right after the show. She dropped off to the state station, and so I took her over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's my kids are strange right now because like <laughs> when they were like six and seven and eight, like that time when you'd think they would be in awe of the athletes and want to meet the athletes and of course and go to and get autographs and all those things. They really didn't care so much to do it, but now. It feels like they want to be around it a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of odd to me. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's just a little different um, because they never really cared about it too much before. But anyway, Kaylee wants to go. So she texts me on her way over. She's like, hey, can I use one of your hats for an autograph? Like the one yeah. with our logo on it. Sure. I'm like, well, sure. I didn't think anything. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah. I got it. So as we're driving over, I'm like, She's got the hat in her hand. I said, all right, you know this is going to be a little bit strange. Like, this is going to look like I really wanted you to get the autograph of Josh Allen and Calais Campbell, but I didn't want to ask them to sign my hat. Yes, exactly. You know, this is going to be a little weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go this, for it and see what happens. This is a cool dad moment is what this turns into. So, so did, you, did you let her get the autograph then? So, so she got the hat. Yeah, I was like, hey, that? She said, I had nothing else at home that signed. So yeah. I just wanted to see if we could use the hat. I was like, all right, fine. And she's had Calais Campbell's autograph mm-hmm. uh, and before, so she didn't ask him for another. She did want to get a picture with Calais because... The last time she did, she was like a foot shorter. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. You know, he's so big, and of so course. She, he's kind of like our human measuring stick. <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, she wanted to get a picture, and she did get. Josh was kind of. I mean, there were a lot of people there last night at Mellow Mushroom Avenue. Great crowd. Cool. And uh, and so Josh stopped and signed, and he signed the hat. And I don't know if he signed it so quick that he never really looked at it. Yeah. But he didn't make a comment about it. Okay, yet. good, good. <laughs> Yes. Good. Yeah, because don't, don't forget, Brent, I'm on that hat as well, and no, I don't want to come it. across as bad either. Yeah, so this I involves know. me as well. Well, that's where I was going with this. Is if he did ask, I said, well, Austin really wanted it. Hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't throw me underneath the bus, man. Don't do uh, that now. So we haven't even signed our own hat, but Kaylee's got Josh Allen's autograph on our hat. Fantastic, man. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, there we go. All right, here's my bone and phone. I finally found it. My phone is acting crazy today, but... Uh, you know, sometimes you think there isn't a West Coast bias. Well, there certainly is because last night in Seattle, very cool moment. Mm-hmm. If you stayed up or you saw it this morning, yeah. King Felix, Felix Hernandez, who been he had some sensational years, like unhittable at times. I didn't realize how much they loved him out there until I saw what happened last night and what could be his final game. Probably is his final game in Seattle, and he pitched pretty well. He didn't win the game, uh, but. Did you see that scene? I did see the scene, man. And, yeah, and I'm the same way, right? Like, as a kid, the Seattle Mariners, they were the team. Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, Randy Johnson, Joey Cora, Jay Buhner. I was a little bit of a fan. Joey Cora's stance, still my favorite stance of all time in all baseball. (laughs) So aggressive, so ridiculous. I tried to mimic it, almost pulled a hamstring. So, like, from that perspective, yeah, like, the Mariners were the team for a while. Well, then what happens, Brent? They all go away. And people kind of forget about the Mariners a little bit. And then you, you have a guy like, you know, King Felix now who goes underneath the radar. You know, you can call it the Mike Trout effect, the West Coast bias, whatever you want to call it. And I don't want to say, like, I'm almost, like, ashamed. Like, I didn't know, like, how legit the guy was. Like, I think I remember he threw, like, a no-hitter or a perfect game one time. 
but that's it, man. Like that that's all I know about Felix Hernandez. And you know, I, I follow baseball pretty closely. And uh to see that kind of reaction, you know, to 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 see him kind of get emotional a little bit. They said there's no crying in baseball. Well, I think we'll make an exception for that night. Um it was a really cool scene overall. I'm a sucker for those moments in sports, yeah. man. When especially when there's a relationship like that, uh, with the crowd and, and sports figure. Yeah. And we're allowed to kind of see it. Uh, uh, kind of play out in front of us and they understand it and they get it and they know it might be a finality to it uh, whether it's Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken uh, Felix Hernandez, I mean it, I thought it was a really cool thing and shame on me and probably shame on a lot of us for not really realizing and, and kind of uh, just saying how good he has been to that city, to that organization of course. In, an or, in, a, in a day and age where we don't talk about loyalty and, mm-hmm. and that connection uh, with fans and players in one organization as much as we used to do. So uh, definitely balling there uh, for King Felix. And my fallen, and I don't know how you feel about this, man. Did you see the the, the 200 strikeout controversy last night in baseball? Oh, where Texas Rangers yeah. The, allowed the ball to drop the whole pop and they fly the thing. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I, I, I'll, I'll say I tweeted this. I said, just play the damn game. You know, let the numbers take care of itself. I like that. I'm, you know, Miner's a nice story. The pitcher there is a nice story. It's a comeback story, all this stuff. And and some people are trying to tell me that 200 is big difference between 199. Listen, I'm a huge baseball guy. Sure. I understand the numbers of baseball. But I really don't believe 199 to 200 is that big of a deal. I mean, I don't. I, I, unless I've missed something. Uh, you know, going from 49 home runs to 50 home runs, mm-hmm. going from 299 to 300 strikeouts, you know, going from 99 RBIs to 100 RBIs, those are big numbers. 199 to 200, I don't feel like I've ever talked about this until today yeah. in my life. And it, that's okay if you disagree with that, and it's fine. It's okay, Stance. I don't like when we're manufacturing numbers, and 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 again, that numbers do matter so much. If they matter so much, then don't manufacture them. Yeah. So just so I know, I'm getting this this uh, this thing right because I'm pretty sure I saw the highlights. So he was going for number 200, a pop fly. The the player basically lets the ball fly out of bounds, even though he could have made an easy catch. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, if a foul yeah, out of bounds. Hello. Yeah, so right. it, so it was a foul ball, and then like you know the very next play strikes the guy out 200. Yeah. Um, first of all, what was your reaction? When you tweeted that, did people agree with you or people hate on it? No, uh, it was a little bit of both. Uh, okay, but but and again, I respect the other side of it. I, I'm fine if you like well, the numbers and you're okay. Those, see, there are two teams that are out of the mix yeah. in baseball. It's not like it, it cost anybody anything. You know, to me, but, the only time you intentionally drop a foul ball is if it's going to be a, a, a tying or winning run down the left field line, and you're not going to throw a guy out. Like that's yeah. the only time, and a guy's tagging up. That's the only time you do that. I, I just didn't like it. Didn't no, like it. no, and you know what? I, I I share your opinion as well. You know, I mean, it would be like, and I remember seeing Ricky Davis, I think, for the Cleveland Cavaliers way back in the day, was going for a triple double, needed like one more rebound, so catches the rebound off the backboard, and then like threw it off the backboard again to try to generate that other rebound for his triple-double. And listen, I understand when you go back in the history books, it's going to say 200 strikeouts and that's it. And that's great. Fantastic. Congratulations. But at the same time, if you're that pitcher, you know, I mean, there may not be an asterisk next to that, but you know. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Strahan where, yeah, Strahan's got the sack record. But you know how you got there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we may celebrate it and we may say, yeah, it's the you know. I mean, it's a great accomplishment. But Strahan, when you're in Good Morning America, think about the good old days. <laughs> you, you know what happened. I, you know, know Brett Favre set it up. 
you know, and you're right, Austin, there's a big part of it, too. It's like, well, it's in the record books. And so in 20 years and 30 years and 50 years and whatever years, you're going to say sacks by Strahan and he holds the record. And, yeah. and nobody's going to ask why, right? Yeah. Or uh, 200 strikeouts for Mike Miner and nobody's going to ask why or how. But I do think they ask why or how in this situation because they're so public and so notarized at how they got there that True. I do think that's the footnote to them. Most, most records they don't ask. You know, most of the time it is like, hey, I shot an 84 today, and don't ask me what tees I play unless you're John Bachman. But, but sometimes if there's a big story to tell around that score, around that record, well, that record kind of, that, that story follows the record, too. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that will be the case. I mean, people aren't looking up Mike Miner's 200 strikeout, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years from now. They are looking up Strahan's sack total. Sure. But, um yeah, I, I just don't love it. Uh, I, I feel like I was a little bit potentially old last night tweeting that out. But no, again, I'm, there are I'm some with things you, about man. sports. I think uh, the, the traditional part, the integrity part, it's not supposed to be about numbers, individual accolades, all those things. And um, I hope I'm not being hypocritical and have said otherwise in the past. I don't feel like I have been, but uh, I didn't like. I uh, didn't love that. Just didn't love that one on uh, face value. Yeah, hey, when we, uh, when I agree. we come ba- back, uh, let's do a little Minshew mania before the top of the hour. Then we'll hear from Josh Allen and Calais Campbell. They had an interesting conversation on our Jaguars All Access overtime last night. That wasn't on the TV side, so I want to share that with you as well. All on the way here on a Friday, including our pick segment coming up at 5:15, and uh, we'll pick some college and NFL games. We're live at Mandarin High School. Game of the week on ESPN 690. It's Nice and Mandarin coming up. In just a little bit, 6 o'clock kickoff tonight here in Duval County. Hey, it's Mike Golick from Golick Wingo. Well, I'm assuming you can hear this as long as Justin didn't pull a cruise move and mess up. You're listening to Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back from Mandarin High School. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios here on a Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us all week long as we get ready for the Jaguars in Denver game coming up in Denver. I'll be there, by the way, in Colorado on Sunday for that one. We'll have TV coverage starting in the morning. Countdown to kickoff, 1130 postgame show on Action News Jacks and the Action News Jacks app. And then at night, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47, we will, of course, have Action Sports Jacks prime time. In between now and then, the Friday Night Blitz tonight, our game of the week here from Mandarin High School. We have SEC tonight, tomorrow at 7, and another half-hour show with Action Sports Shacks prime time tomorrow night. So, hey, we got you covered here on ESPN 690, also on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Austin, can you um, hear the music well, and can you figure out what song's playing? Um, yeah, we, we got Queen, another one bites of dust. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Took me a minute, but I got it. And All right. And my and my hearing is absolute trash too. So extra Why props for that. Why is your hearing bad? Is that did you get hit in the ear a little bit? Uh oh no, just like I mean it's always kind of been bad. I actually so in uh in first grade I had to go to a specialist because my teacher demanded that I go see it, uh, a specialist for hearing. And then I had to do a bunch of tests, and uh, they brought my mom in the room, and they're like, all right, well, we know it's wrong. It appears Austin Lane has selective hearing, and whatever he's uh, <laughs> listening to in class, he doesn't want to listen to. So, yeah, my, my teacher was kind of upset with that. But, no, like, but my hearing is not the best, though. I have to have everything loud, probably from, you know, blaring music um, to the nth degree since I was, like, 10 years old. So. Well, I won't make fun of you for that, then, I guess. No, you can, uh, man. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> I it's figure, all good. I figure in this generation, our eyes and our ears are all going to go, right? 
Uh, for, yeah, for the most part. I mean, my eyes are still on point, but yeah, my hearing is going to go eventually. All right, hey, a little Minshew Mania mention. He was uh, voted the Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Week, Week 3. Also won the event, Week Number 1 uh, event, the award, uh, Week Number 1. Minshew, how about this? You ready? For the, the crazy numbers of Gardner Minshew. Tad Dickman, by the way, coming up with this. Minshew is one of three players with 200-plus passing yards and a 95 passer rating in each of the first three games in 2019. Mm. Can you guess the other two? Say it one more time, please. 200-plus uh, yards passing yeah. and a 95-plus passer rating in each of the first three games of 2019. Guess the other two. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And first three games it is? Yep. Uh... It's not t- Tom Brady? Yeah. Okay. Did you see this? No. Well, those are two good guesses. I'm just trying to figure out. Yes. Hey, Brett, good quarterbacks, man. It ain't that hard, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Gardner Minshew in the same breath three wow. weeks into the year. I, I like mean, it. That's unbelievable. Put him, oh, gosh, it's just crazy. Put him in the ring of honor right now. Uncle Rico, uh, get him in a movie. Yep. Uh, it's, it's fun. Oh, it's I mean, it's going to be an ESPN 30 for 30 for sure. Can't wait. Well, yeah, well, that depends on the rest of the season, as we've always <laughs> mentioned uh, in the last few days. But more Minshew mania to come. We're going to take a time out. Uh, we go to time out, though, and we leave you with some Guns N' Roses tickets. Time to give a couple of those away. Tuesday show at Veterans Memorial Arena. A couple of tickets. All you got to do is call Star Star 690-4362-9901. And let's call it number... Uh, we won't make uh, Scott work too hard. How about number three? Number three. Caller number three going to Guns N' Roses. Two tickets to head into the weekend. A winner. All you have to do is call Star Star 690-904-362-9901. More Minshew Mania. More Jags talk. Our picks coming up. And Josh Allen and Calais Campbell on the art of pass rushing. Can't wait to get your thoughts on this, Austin. It's all next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back from Mandarin High School, our game of the week, an hour away, early start in Duval County, 6 o'clock kick between Nice and the Mandarin Mustangs, the defending state champions, of course led by Carson Beck, a Georgia commit, and uh, still committed to play for the Dogs, uh, just visited actually for his official, even though he's been verbally committed uh, for a while now. Uh, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, he was up in Athens. So uh, we'll get to see him on display. First home game for Mandarin. And uh, here we are. We'll have the game at 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. All the social platforms will have video as well. And then tonight on the Friday Night Blitz, you can see the complete recap of this game and so many others throughout the area each and every week on the Blitz, 1030 on Fox 30, 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. One more hour to go in the week for you, Austin Lane. You better hang in there and you better bring it this final hour. I'm going to bring this final hour, you know. It's been a it's been a it's been a rough one, you know. I mean, training camp's been going good this whole week, so uh, got kicked in the face a little bit yesterday. So I'm feeling the re- the re- the results of that. That was my fault, though. Nobody blamed but myself. But uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna bring the last hour, and then I'm gonna enjoy the little break. Yeah, that's uh, how is the 
the fight camp going? I mean, you're still a ways away. Uh, where is it in terms of intensity-wise? You'll fight next November 9th. I don't think you, we know the opponent yet, but no. you know that date is set yeah. November 9th at the uh, Moroccan Shrine, right? Correct. Yeah, Moroccan Shrine. Um, yeah, so as far as the, the intensity is concerned, um, listen, anytime you're in fight camp, the intensity is uh, at 110, so that's where we're, we're at right now. Um, it's, it's more of like, as far as like the strength training is concerned, which I'm sure you're more interested in than actually the, the sparring stuff. Like the strength training right now, it's about, you know, getting stronger. It's about adding the base. It's about getting the muscular endurance. And then we're going to start phase two here in, in, the, in about a week or so. And phase two is going to be more of like explosiveness, speed and things like that. Okay, uh, I feel like this is a little early for fight camp. I, I thought it was like a six-week deal. No, f- uh, ideally fight camp's usually like nine to eight weeks, depending. Okay. So, yeah, so it's a... Uh, or, hey, hey, how about eight up? to nine weeks? Yeah, sorry about that. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, you, it was just like... You yeah, just, like, bad. gave the score of last week's Titans game 7 to 20. Yeah, so, okay? uh, so 8 to 9 weeks, 9 to 8 weeks, whatever you, want to, whatever you guys prefer. If you're d- dyslexic, I got your back. But, uh, yeah, usually it's, like, 8 to 9 weeks. And then, obviously, I mean, on top of that, I've, I've still been training regardless throughout the whole year. So uh, when I come into fight camp, I'm, I'm already in shape, which helps a lot. All right. Uh, well, uh, how about it's a Friday and uh, heading into the weekend, and it's happy hour horn time <laughs> here Let's get on it. Friday. Get a shot, sip your star tenders, and happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday indeed. Vita Delury recently got a 94 rating, by the way, a locally owned tequila in Jacksonville. And they want to help their friends in the Bahamas. Hey, everyone wants to help everyone out mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, so you can too. Raise money for Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hopetown Rising. If you go to VitaDeLuis.com, 50% of all the merchandise will go to those funds. So VitaDeLuis.com. Made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Vita de Louis, one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. And once again, VitaDeLuis.com to help our friends in the Bahamas. 50% of all merchandise will go to those funds. Hey, Austin, last night on Jaguars All Access, we had your kind of guys out there. Josh Allen, Calais Campbell, and Jeff Lagerman does the show with me. Oh, so yeah. we had a bunch of pass rushers, man. We had a big part of a bunch of trench warriors. I love it. <laughs> yeah, big part of Saxonville out there. Awesome crowd at Mellow Mushroom and Avondale, so we appreciate everybody coming out. And we do a thing called Jaguars All Access Overtime after where I jump out of there and those three guys kind of talk about something different that we might not have talked about on the show. Mm. Well, we got into kind of the games that you guys will play on the defensive line. So it's a little inside football, but it was a really fascinating discussion with Josh Allen, Calais Campbell, and Jeff Lagerman. Check it out. Here we are with Saxonville, Josh Allen, the talented young player, and Calais Campbell, the veteran. What is it like as a veteran guy to work with a rookie? Because now you guys are starting to work together, same side rushes, and a lot of times you're running games with each other. How's that working out? You know, um, 
I switched over to the left side, so I kind of was on the same side as him, where they you know wanted him to play at. So at the beginning, it was really just trying to get a feel for how he rushes, and then trying to figure out how we can rush together, especially with our texts and our exits and different games that we do where we pick each other's. You know, usually it's two on one, trying to create two on one matchups, so we pick one of the guys so we can wrap around. And you know, I'll let you go over one day. You know, you can teach everybody how the games work. But at the end of the day, for uh, for a rookie, my biggest thing was how can I get him to be successful. And how can I get him to understand how to run games properly? So we work together, spend our time with it, and it's been very good for us so far. Well, and I saw in the game, Josh, that Clayus did the hump move on Roger Saffold, and that's when Leon Jacobs and yeah. Big Marcel ended up getting a sack. Yeah. I also saw the karate kid, the wax-off move that he had <laughs> to get into the backfield to get a sack. Yeah. Are you learning some of these moves from him? You know, Clay's moves a lot different to me, but I'm definitely trying to steal some from him. But uh, it's not like stealing, because if I ask him, he'll tell me. You know, he'll show me how to do it, which I respect from him, appreciate it. But uh, just watching him rush, like, because I don't get to watch him rush for real, because I'm rushing with him. But, like, when I watch film, like, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's crazy how this big how this big man moves, you know, and it's great to see. What is your favorite move that you have? Your, your, the Josh Allen patented move. Long arm, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess when I got when I got to the league, I guess that was my favorite one. Yeah, his his power with his long arm and then the, like his, his ability to go back to speed off of it is what makes him special. I try to help him with things that I know he can do well mm-hmm. that I can't do. There's a lot of times I'm like I can't really do this move, but this move will work for you. Try it out. It's, it's it's fun when you see him do it and do it well, and he kind of sees the confidence in it. But we gotta give a shout out to Coach Rebs, our D line coach, Coach Rebs. He really uh, tries to just build an arsenal with moves. He, you know, he puts us through a lot of different drills, working. Moves that sometimes I'm like I know I can't do this move. This move's not for me, but I try it anyway just to see. And then there's times where it's moves that like okay I like this move a lot. I'm gonna use this one. But he puts us through a, just a, all kinds of different arsenal moves that we can build on. And uh, really it's cool because I have you know, he teaches probably about ten different moves. Now I, I stick to about three or four of them. <laughs> you know the young guy over here though he has a lot more you know fluidity so he can probably do like six or seven of them. But in pass rushing though you don't want to get too cute. You know one rush two rushes. Counter off of both of them, you'll be good. Uh, and one thing I do like, ball awareness. You got it. You got one of your sacks was reaching in there and swatting at that ball, and you got it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, once I started to play, you know, great football, like good football to that point, uh, and it wasn't, and I realized it's not all about sacking the quarterback. The ball is more important. If you have the ball, you control the game. So uh, now that's my mindset when I rush to get the ball out. And plus they emphasize it every day when we rush, get the ball out, get the ball out, get the ball out. Ball's the, ball's the key. You know what I mean? So I'm always ball aware. It's like Kalej, Yon, all the rest of the guys so hopefully we'll get many more some guys have a knack for it though you have a knack for it i appreciate that and hopefully you guys get it out this week get the first defensive takeaway of the season (laughs) we'll do up i know right that's crazy Oh, there you go. That was last night, Jaguars All-Access Overtime, we call it, with uh, Logs and Calais Campbell and Josh Allen. I thought that was a fascinating discussion. As someone who doesn't claim to know the X's and O's, Austin Lane, what do you think about that conversation about how many different moves they teach, first of all, how many different moves Calais was saying that you'll actually use, and 
the young guy trying to learn how to use more of them. Brent, I'm salivating right now, man. You know, I'm like a Pavlov's dog right now. I mean, all you had to say was text and exit, and I'm like, all right, you have my full, un- un- you know, undivided attention. Um, I-, I thought it was some great insight, you know, and everything that, that they were saying uh, it hit home for sure. You know, the first thing, breaking down the text and exit stunts and things like that. So usually in the pass rush game, um, if you're going to be calling your own shots, with, well, that's what a lot of guys do. Like, you have to remember, um, when you're game planning, sometimes coaches, like, for instance, Schwartz, uh, that I played for in, in Detroit, you know, he's a defensive-minded guy. He's a defensive coordinator now for the Philadelphia Eagles. He relied more on, like, he knew what he wanted, right? So he didn't really leave the players up to control at all. Like, you would think, all right, Sue was calling his own game. That wasn't really the case at all. Like, we would actually pre-plan what we were going to run. So maybe the first uh, thing we're going to run is exit. Then the second one was going to be a text. Um, it wasn't really spontaneous. Now, with what the Jacksonville Jaguars do, I think it's a little more spontaneous, where whoever the game caller is, usually it's the three technique or the guy that's over the center. Why? Because he's in the middle of everybody, right? Like, you don't want to have your game caller be the guy that's on the, the end of the line, be a defensive end, because then he's kind of hard to see. So usually the game caller is going to be in the middle. And you can either say something and code, or else you can put up hand signals. Like, for instance, when I played for the Jaguars, Terrence Knighton was the game caller, and we used hand signals. So you still see hand signals to this day. So if you're ever watching really closely a defensive line, and all of a sudden you see a guy throw up like a, hook them horns or something like that real quick, like a nose tackle or a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. that means they're probably going to run a tex. And what the tex means basically is the fact that it's going to be the tackle is going to go first and then the end goes around them. So, um, yeah, you know, it's all about communication. It's all about being on the same page. And it's funny because guys like different kind of things. Some guys are really good at running the exit game. Some guys are good at running the text game. Some guys love doing the coffee house. And basically the coffee house is where you fake a game. You, if you're a defensive end, you look inside. You fake like you're going to go inside, and then you go back outside. And sometimes that works, but it's all about this setup. So, yeah, I mean, hearing him talk about that, you know, and Josh Allen being the rookie, he still has to learn how to run the games properly and things like that. But I thought it was all gravy, man. It was good to hear that stuff. I think I would pick the coffee house for a variety of reasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously for that reason, uh, let alone that you're addicted <laughs> to coffee. But, yeah, usually the, the coffee house is probably the hardest to hit, and you don't see it that much. And the, the coffee house is basically it's just a fake-out, you know? So where, say, you run an exit the first game, well, then you, you go and you do a coffee house. And, and the signal for coffee house is like you're drinking something. So if you ever see a lineman uh, in his stance, you know, act like, you, you know, doing like the drinking something gesture, that probably means that a coffee house is coming. Now, obviously, offensive linemen are smart dudes. They get hit to the game a little bit. So yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, you have to have code words uh, for what you're going to be running. But, yeah, very cool things. And then Clayus Campbell made a great point, too, of, uh, you know, how many pass rush moves should you have? And it's like I always said, and if there's any high schoolers right now, any guys that are looking to get into the league, hopefully in the future, that play either linebacker or defensive end or defensive tackle, when you're in those scout meetings, because you have to understand, like playing defensive end, playing a rush linebacker, um, it's an art, and it's almost a lifestyle. And it's so much of a lifestyle where you have to know what you're good at. So when I was in the combine meetings, you know, talking to scouts or head coaches or whoever, I mean, the very first question that they usually asked you was, what's, what's your favorite go-to move? And you have to respond like that because if you don't, it shows that you don't like the art of pass rushing. And then maybe they'll ask, all right, what's your favorite counter move? Boom. You have to announce it. And if you hesitate, you know, if you start going, uh, I don't know, that's not a good look for you. So always have your pass rush moves in mind.
Interesting. Uh, yeah. And by the way, so many of these guys, especially a top 10 talent like a Josh Allen, get away with just their physical ability. Yes. Dante Fowler was like that, too. You're so good, so physically blessed. At the college level, it works. At the NFL game, well, it's a different story. You better be able to put some things into your repertoire and be able to perfect them and be able to fool some folks, too, not just use your athletic ability. By the way, uh, I didn't even realize this until Log said it because it feels like their defense has played so well the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They have zero turnovers. The defense has not forced a turnover through three games. You know, we keep talking about Denver, and of course, all the sacks the Jags got last yeah. Thursday night kind of, uh, I think, blurred that part of it. Sure. But the only turnover was off the special teams, and Leon Jacobs recur- returned, uh, recovered good, the muff point. Punt. That so, is a good point. Hey, as much as we talk about Denver's defense needs to get going yeah. from a sack and turnover potential, yeah. and uh oh, look out, that could happen. Well, the floodgates might open for this Jacksonville defense now that they started getting after the quarterback again, too. Something to keep an eye on because last year they did not force enough turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if they are going to be this elite defense, elite defenses, what did we talk about earlier in the week? Who would you pick? Well, Chicago continues to force turnovers. True. Jaguars, it's one thing to get after the quarterback. You still have to get after the football, too. We'll see if the Jaguars can do it Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Hey, when we come back, I have no idea if this guy can play football, but I bet he thinks he can. I mean, <laughs> he, he won a World Series, pitched in the big leagues. Now he's like a country music star. Maybe he'll play a song about Gardner Minshew coming up. Now we're talking. Yeah. Brett Myers joins us for our celebrity six-pack of picks. It's next on ESPN 690. Trey Wingo here from Golik and Wingo. You're listening to Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Give the guys a call, grab your cell phone, and call Star Star 690. This is ESPN 690. Yes, indeed it is. A big weekend ahead in college football, NFL, of course. And right here tonight we've got high school football, Action Sports Jacks. Game of the week on ESPN 690. Kevin Sullivan ready to join me uh, for the broadcast on ESPN 690. That's coming up. Uh, at 6 o'clock, our Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show gets going at 5.45. We'll have video of it as well on social media. And then the Friday Night Blitz will have all the highlights of it uh, tonight and many other games around the area. 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. By the way, quick mention, and I have not been able to do We've been so Jalen Ramsey crazy, Jags crazy, that uh, I want to go back a couple of weeks to our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 and uh, thank the folks from uh, PerfectGolfEvent.com. You know, there are more than 200 uh, golf events, charity golf events in the area, and we've been doing ours now for a handful of years, the tournament part. And the last couple of years, use perfectgolfevent.com, and it's really helpful to uh, take care of the billing part, the foursomes part. They put all the pairings together. You can buy content from them. It really streamlines the process. So uh, trust me, I know how taxing it is to put together a tournament. And this is just friendly advice. If you want to use, uh, make it a little easier for your committee, make it a little easier for your golf tournament, check out perfectgolfevent.com. Uh, they helped us out the last couple of years, and it's been uh, fantastic. Speaking of the Action Sports Jack Stream 18, I don't know how many times this guy cheated in it, but probably a little bit. Uh, we bring in former big league pitcher, World Series champ, and... Uh, Well, I bet he can throw a football a little bit. He's a country music sensation now. He's actually going to a country music concert tonight. Brantley Gilbert's in town at Daly's Place. Welcome, Brett Myers. Why aren't you opening for this guy tonight, man? Well, you know, just because I'm not good enough, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you're honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, one one day, hopefully one day, hopefully one day. Yeah, you've got something coming up, though, right, Uh, with Colt Ford? Aren't you doing an event? 
Yeah, we're doing the Ham Jam at uh, Clay, Clay County Fairgrounds uh, October 19th, um, and we're going we're gonna to be out there, and we're opening for Colt, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, this will be probably our ninth or tenth time opening for Colt. He's a great guy, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's been pretty cool to follow your music career. Are you still having fun with it? Uh, is it frustrating uh, because it doesn't move as fast as you want sometimes? What's your outlook on it now moving forward? Well, well, Brent, I think you know me very well. It never, nothing goes fast enough for me. It, it, <laughs> needs, it needs to happen right now. And uh, you know, sometimes you got to pay your dues. The same thing with sports or anything like that. You got to you got to work your way up and everything. But what the industry doesn't understand is I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> that is true. Uh, in your old profession, you find that out too, right? Uh, throwing a baseball. Uh, let's talk baseball playoffs before we get to our picks. Who do you like? Uh, and please don't tell me the Yankees. Just please, or I might hang up on you. I'm, I am a I am a big supporter of not the Yankees. Um, <laughs> I, I'm telling you what, it's, it's going to be hard to beat Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke in the playoffs. Man, there's just no better net. There's three guys right now that are that are possibly going to be possibly going to be the uh, you know Cy Young Award winners. They got two of them on one team. I mean, how many teams have that? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Who's your favorite pitcher in the game right now? Right now, uh, shoot, I don't know. I I, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed watching Garrett Cole throw this year. Man, he he just kind of doesn't doesn't care and he, and he lets it eat. You know, he just lets it eat and he's got nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. Yeah, well, you're coaching like eight and nine year olds, so you're probably not even watching the big leaguers. I mean, you're throw, you're you're seeing like forty five miles an hour these days. Don't bro. don't re- don't remind me. And by the way, no, there's some, there's 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 definitely some kids that throw over forty five. Yeah, well, not mine, and he's not eight or nine. Um, well, but see, that's the best thing with Ty though. He could get those good hitters out because he threw under the hitting speed. That's yeah, how you do it. You got to be under Jamie the radar. Moyer made, Jamie Moyer made a career out of that, buddy. Change Absolutely. of pace. All right, man. Uh, how big a fan are you in the college football game? I know you follow the Jags quite closely. I know you picked the yeah. Eagles last night. Obviously, you got a yeah. connection to Philadelphia. But how about the yeah. college game? Are you a big college football fan? Yeah, I, I love watching football, and this is what's terrible about having uh, you know kids that play fall baseball. I don't get to watch enough of football to find out who's really good at the time, you know. But uh, but yes, I, I love what, when football season comes around. It, it was always for me that that's to tell me that baseball season's over, and I get to go home and relax and take a month off, and then get ready to work out and and uh, you know and watch some football and, and just kind of take your mind off of the game a little bit. All right, here's the deal with our pick segment. By the way, I am eight and ten overall. Marcel is eight and ten. Coos is eight and ten. No surprise. Stewart nine and nine. Austin nine and nine. And our guests have done very well. They're eleven and seven. So uh, you guys are in first place, and you have a little bit of something to live up to here today. Uh, Brett Myers, as he joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety for our celebrity six pack of pick segment. So let's get it going, and we begin with college wait, football. Wait, if I win, I get a six pack. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. You know what? For All you, right. I'll buy you a six pack. Ah, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I smell a sponsor coming. I like oh, yeah. the idea of that. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to begin with college football. And remember, now we're against the spread. Ohio State going to Nebraska and Scott Frost. This one has all Buckeyes written all over it. But do you like them by 17 points, Brett? Absolutely not. I, I'm going to take Scott Frost. I'm going to take Nebraska. I think I think they have a good, good shot at covering that. And uh, that's that's just my pick, and I, I've been watching a little bit of college football enough to know. And I know Fields is is a is a absolute great quarterback and everything like that. But I'm I'm gonna put my money on Scott Frost. 
Oh, you surprised me right off the rip. All right, Austin, what do you think about that one? Uh, it's going to be the home of college game day, too. What a treat. A, a, a 17-point uh, favorite traveling to Nebraska and the children of the corn. I'm taking Ohio State. I think the only way Nebraska's going to win is if Ohio State turns the ball over. I think they're going to be smart. Uh, they're going to play sound football on their biggest road test. Give me Ohio State with 17. Stewart picked Ohio State. Marcel sent me the picks, and I can't find them right now because my phone's acting up. But uh, so I don't know what he picked. Uh, but I'll, we'll get it all in order. Uh, they'll make the segment go quicker if I don't know his picks and Kuz's as well. But I'm, ta- I'm with you, Brett. I thought I'd be the only one here. But I'm going to go with Nebraska, too. I think they find a way to cover. Uh, Ohio State's been really good, like really, really good. Justin Fields has been unbelievable. But I think there's always a little bit of a correction at some point. They're not just going to dominate everybody. They'll win the game, but the scoreboard says uh, – a little bit closer than most people think. All right, the next one up, USC at Washington. These are two teams that have been really tough to figure, and you have to stay up yeah. late. I know you like to stay up late, my and, So And I have, and I have. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I've watched, I've watched two games of USC, and I'm going to tell you what, I think they're back. I think they're back, and I'm going to take USC in this uh, plus 10.5 Washington. I actually think USC wins the game. Wow, how about wow. that? And they've had to play multiple quarterbacks because of the injury situations, and they've done a nice job with it. That's a, that's a bold pick, in my opinion. I'm going to take the Huskies. My favorite coach in college football is Chris Peterson, and I'm going to say uh, they, they rolled a week ago, and I think they're going to uh, cover this one as well against you don't USC. Have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback coached by Kurt Warner now. <laughs> That's true. All right, Austin, what do you have? Go ahead and give me the Huskies as well. Um, you know, Jacob Eason, it's, I think it's time to showcase that he's actually the real deal at quarterback. I get it. Cal came into Washington a couple weeks ago, beat him. I think Cal's actually a lot better than people give him credit for. And I think USC with the rookie quarterback, the, the first-year guy, uh, going to a pretty hostile environment in Washington. Go ahead and give me the Huskies. All right, last college football game. By the way, uh, Weber says Washington as well. Last college football game, Virginia at Notre Dame. Uh, tricky game for Notre Dame coming off that Saturday night game where they had uh, some success, and I think they impressed some people. But now they have to turn right around and play the 18th team in the country, 18th ranked team in the country. Uh, I'm going to say Virginia covers the spread here. It's 12 and a half points, which is a lot for a pretty good football team going into South Bend, and Notre Dame always has the target on their back. What say you, Brett? Yeah, I'm gonna take Notre Dame this time. They played Georgia really well last weekend, and I know I know everybody made mistakes and everything like that. But I'm just gonna go for uh, Notre Dame this week uh, because after a tough loss, I think everybody wants to get back in there, much like the Jaguars did last last week and everything, and they showed up. So I think Notre Dame shows up. Austin, you going with the Who's or the Domers? Oh, I'm going with the Who's for sure. You know, I'd like me a good defensive line, and Virginia's got a good defensive line. I think they're right up at the top when it comes to QB sacks, something that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish didn't get a lot of against the Georgia Bulldogs, all due respect to them. Uh, I think Virginia has the ability to, you know, kind of keep it a close game control the clock, which is so important for them. So I'm taking Virginia with the points. Yeah, I always wonder if Virginia can score enough. We'll see if they can do it uh, in South Bend on Saturday. All right, now to the NFL. Browns and the Ravens. Ravens are favored by 6.5 against the Cleveland Browns. This is a tricky game because it's a divisional game, and the Browns, man, they can't go to 1-3, and three, Brett. I'm, I'm with you on that, and I think uh, the same reason why I took the Eagles last night, and uh, I just felt like that they had a bad upset or a bad loss the week before, and I just feel like the NFL is very difficult to pick just because they are so talented and stuff like that. I'm going to take the Browns. I think they're very talented, and I know the Ravens have put up a lot of points and everything like that, but I'm going to take the Browns this week. All right, Austin, what do you think? Does Mayfield break out and have a big game after he's called out by Rex Ryan? 
So, you know, if the Ravens are vulnerable on defense, it is through the passing game. You saw it against the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's hard to not take Baltimore right now. The way they're rolling on offense, uh, they can beat you multiple ways with Marquise Brown. They got Mark Andrews at tight end. They have a solid run game with Mark Ingram. And I think it's too much for the Cleveland Browns. So go ahead and give me the Ravens. Weber's coming I think it's going to be a three-point game. I think it's going to be a three-point game. That's just my feeling. Bonus point. Hey, by the way, Myers, I don't like agreeing with you very much, quite frankly, but uh, I do. I, I think the Browns will cover this. This will be closer than most people anticipate, and I think it's a huge game. You know, Carson Wentz said yesterday, to bring up your Philadelphia point, we played it earlier in the show, that being 2-2 two and two is a big deal rather than being 1-3 and three in, in this Absolutely. league. Yeah. And I think the Browns may feel the same. Again, that means they'll play well. I don't know. If, I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll keep it pretty right. darn close. Uh, Cowboys going to the Saints. Now, this is an interesting game. Cowboys have been so good. The Saints, who knows with Teddy Bridgewater. Cowboys a favorite on the road by two and a half points. What do you like, Austin? Uh, go and give me the Saints. You know, I understand there's a lot of hype around the Cowboys right now, but when you're giving them two and a half in New Orleans, um, I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater believer. I think they have the weapons with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, so I think they can keep the game close and actually win it outright. All right, Brett, what do you think? So I'm flip-flopped on this one right now because I just don't think the Cowboys can go 4-0. I really don't. Um, and, but I, and, and I know they don't. the Saints don't have Drew Brees and everything like that, but I can tell you something that uh, you, you can't count Sean Payton out. So uh, go ahead and give me the Saints. My Plus, goodness. I hate the Cowboys because I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, might be, might be picking with your heart more than your head on this one. Uh, by the way, Stuart says uh, the Cowboys, and that's not a bad pick, only two and a half. Yeah, I thought I might be alone on this one too, but I'm not. I like the Saints. You know, Cowboys are my Super Bowl team, believe it or not. But I don't think they're going 16 and 0, and so you have a hiccup <laughs> here or there. And the Saints are the good. The Saints football impressed team. me a little bit last week. Saints yeah, impressed the, me a little bit last week. They won the game. You know, you think that they're just, their season's going to fall apart without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater jumped in and made a, made a heck of an adjustment, and uh, I, they won that game. So, you know, you yeah, can't I, count Teddy Bridgewater out. So I like it. I like it. I like the Saints uh, because I think they have a good football team around Teddy Bridgewater. It's not just about Drew Brees or just about Bridgewater. I like the rest of their football team. Okay, finally, Jaguars go to Denver, of course. They're a three-point dog on the road at mile high. Uh, Denver is desperate. They're winless. They're, they're mad. Von Miller's mad. Uh, and the Jaguars have Minshew mania. We have no idea if Jalen Ramsey will play. Uh, but at the end of the day, Stuart Weber says the Jaguars are going to win. I feel like there's a, a hidden momentum right now around the Jaguars, and I like the Jaguars to win this football game and go to 2-2. Two and two. Give it to me, Brett. What do you think? If the boys can breathe and they have enough oxygen, I'm going to take the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love call. it. All I right, Austin. there and you get cotton mouth pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. You have played there. Um, by the way, how many home yeah. runs did you give up when you played there? Actually, you know what? I was the only pitcher in Colorado history to start off and win a game one to nothing as an opposing pitcher there. So I actually, I actually enjoyed pitching there. You know, the, the key to that was trying to people tried to throw their breaking ball so hard, but you could you couldn't overwork it. You know, so uh, I figured it out early. Uh, luckily enough. Wait, so say that again. Uh, I didn't know that one. I, I've, uh, there's a lot of interesting stats about you uh, in your, your career in the major leagues. I didn't realize that. So you were – what year would that have been? Give me uh, – do you remember? Um, I would probably say anywhere from 05, 06, I would say. Um, and I was uh, – I remember because Ryan Howard hit a home run in the, uh, in the top of the ninth to give me the win. Wow, awesome. So you so were the first hit, road I, winning way, pitcher. A pinch hit home run, a pinch hit home run, and he was sick with the flu. So huh. I owe him uh, I owe him uh, my next five contracts. 
Wow, did you just say sick with the flu? And jump, see that? See, Jalen might yeah. have a big game on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I hope Jalen shows up. I do, too. Uh, all right, what do you have, Austin? Yeah, go and give me the Jaguars, you know. Oh, uh, we all homering up here. Well, and I understand. Like, it's the NFL, right? So all odds should say that Denver's going to come out Absolutely. and have about 10 sacks, you know, and Joe Flacco's going to go off with Emmanuel Sanders for, like, three touchdowns. But I'm just yeah. not buying on the Denver Broncos right now. And w- whether yeah. Jalen plays or does not play, I don't think it really matters. I think the Jaguars are talented enough to, to beat the Broncos where they're most vulnerable, and that's the short pass game. Joe Flacco I- is not going to be able to keep up with the speed of the Jags defense. I'm with y'all. I, I like that, man. Especially, you know, the, the Broncos have struggled in the short pass game. I think John DeFilippo has a great, great game script, tries to run the ball. W- when they do pass, they use the receivers in the short pass game. Denver can't stop it. I have the, Denver, I, I have the Jaguars winning straight up. All right. Uh, good stuff. Hey, Brett Myers, you're really good at this analysis. We've got to get you back on uh, uh, sooner than later. And, uh, by the way, nice moment at your uh, alma mater, Inglewood, earlier this week yeah, with the new that locker was, room. That I like awesome. that. That was great, what Rasheem did and everything, the Jacksonville Jaguars did and everything like that. Now we got to get something done for the baseball team, you know? So, I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's yeah, do it. They Let's make it happen. The stadium in, in, in 99. They condemned the baseball stadium there in 99 when I was there, and we had to play our games uh, basically on the road at UNF, which didn't suck because UNF has a pretty awesome field. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with you. I like where you're going there, and I think they should do it. Make Inglewood baseball uh, the facilities just as good. That would be fantastic. Hey, enjoy the concert tonight, Brentley Gilbert at Daly's Place. Also, uh, where do we find your music? How do people get it? You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. It's, it's sold everywhere digitally. All right. Uh, thanks, man. Brett Myers, former big league pitcher, World Series champ, now country music artist, uh, joining us on our Celebrity Six Pack of Picks. Have a good night, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, pretty fun stuff. Uh, hopefully oh, yeah. you got all that, Scott. We'll keep a tally of it, and we'll see if the uh, celebrity continues to win on our celebrity six-pack of picks segment. I like what he said there about Inglewood. We were talking about that earlier in the week. Maybe uh, the baseball program gets some good facilities, too, at Inglewood High School. All right, Austin, uh, here's the deal, man. You have to uh, get Ronan well. I will. Yes, sir. I know. I mean, uh, he's going to be bummed we didn't see you on. Oh, because you're not... You're not going to be on the TV at all. Are you in Denver, or will you be on the TV? Nah, just yeah. not on, like, the national broadcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, so he's probably going to be bummed about that a little bit. But, um, I mean, tell him he can watch CBS 47 and Fox 30 just about every day and see me if he really wants to. Well, no, for, for sure. There we go. And we can do that. We can DVR that and set it up for his pleasure. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get him healthy. We're getting him back on, uh, you know, he's not going to be questionable next week. He's going to be uh, ready to go in the game and everything like that. And I'm just thankful that he doesn't have a baby coming. So we're all good. Because <laughs> that would uh, that would be really weird and awkward for everybody. Yeah, that, that would be, uh, <laughs> yeah. yes. I think I'm going to leave my just, comments yep. alone here. Leave it at that, Brent. I mean, I'll leave it at that. Leave uh, it at that. All right, man. Have a great weekend. Scott, too, thanks for hanging with us all week, bud. We appreciate it. Nice job. And um, you're not Happy going to be here, bud. Because we've got our Action Sports Shacks Game of the Week on ESPN 690. Mr. Chubby's Wings pregame show coming up in just a few minutes. Kevin Sullivan will join me. Mandarin and Nice all night long. We've got some high school football. And, of course, it leads into the Friday Night Blitz a little bit later on tonight. For Austin Stewart... Marcel, Scott, Coos, everybody this week. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy watching some football. Appreciate you hanging out with us all week long on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Game of the Week coming up next. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.